Bring the ship up to broadcast depth. We're going in. Into the hideouts. Our country is now in the beginning of the Great Regression. Major steps are being taken backwards because those who are afraid have hijacked the government and the media. They fear diversity, creativity, and the questioning of authority. Now, more than ever, it is time to unite in a place where you can still be yourself and the freedom of expression continues to exist. Enter the hideout. And be heard. Get lost, breeder. Caution. Retards in area. What, what, what's new? What are you doing, Hefe? Let's get it started on this uh, fantastic Wednesday? Wednesday. Wednesday night oh, here in the hideout. All right. Um, man, there's a lot to get done this evening yeah. already. Uh, stay tuned because at a quarter past the hour, we will get you qualified to get more of those squares for the Miller Lite Hideout Final Score Challenge. Game of the week this week is Cincinnati versus Pittsburgh. That is brought to us by Miller Lite. Yesterday we got four qualifiers. If you go to realradio.fm where you can see real TV, that's realradio.fm. You will uh, see the squares and how it plays out. It's your opportunity to win a 12-pack plus a whole lot more from Miller Lite. So check that out on realradio.fm. But you will get qualified in just about 10 minutes. It doesn't take any uh, sports knowledge on your hand. It's just a matter of uh, being around here at the right time. So that is happening. Also, too, we want to point you to the website, hideoutheretics.net. Hideoutheretics.net is the fan board and get clips from uh, Real TV on RealRadio.fm and uh, meet people just like you. About to hit 1,300 members. Nice. On Hideout Heretics. It's exploding over there. Yeah, .net. And, of course, J-Dubs. There's always our buddies over at FullBlownAids.com. Make sure you go over there. Check it out. It's been a little slow over there on our forum. I want to make sure people are active over on fullblownaids.com. All right, J-Dubs. Well, on this uh, Wednesday night, man, there's a lot to do. Um, Walmart shoplifting, uh, McGreevy, the sexual predator, Sweet 16. I'm excited to uh, have that for you. The uh, We have to do the black light. Um, of our studio, yeah. And how awful and dirty it is. And uh, there's just uh, something about Studio 60. That you wanted to yeah, share with well, me. Yeah, uh, well, I I watched the show last night. It was uh, it, it, it airs on Monday nights, I believe, at ten o'clock on uh, NBC, and I, I you know DVR'd it, and I was very pleasantly surprised on how really good the show was. So I brought a, a couple clips from the show in, and uh, some things that might turn you on to a, a nice new show over there on NBC. Um, Dubs, first of all, let me ask you: When you were a kid, mm-hmm. what was the big toy that you had to have? Well, I've talked about this before. My the toy I had to have, and my biggest disappointment of my childhood were my moon boots. Uh, I got these things, these Nickelodeon moon boots, where I would uh, strap these things with these big, like rubber band type things, onto my feet. And in the commercials and uh, on the on the box and everything, it shows these kids like jumping eight feet high. And I thought I was going to be able to dunk. I thought everything was going to happen really, really big for me because of the moon boots. So I saved up money. I uh, I did everything I could to get these moon boots and wore them around school. Uh, how old were you? Twelve. <laughs> you were twelve years 12. old, which means in the sixth grade. Yeah. Wearing moon boots. Yeah, in middle school, walking around wearing these. 
big ass moon boots. What was the age at which you stopped taking toys to school? Twelve. Remember <laughs> after that disappointment? Okay. <laughs> because I know sometimes, uh, you know, you have the opportunity to take toys to school, and you're always sneaking them in. And well, I, I would, uh, I, I kept on taking like uh, a, uh, either like a, a play, uh, not Playboy, but a, a Game Boy. Uh, to school just because of my long bus ride up until I was able to drive. Mm-hmm. But other than that, yeah, I stopped at 12. You would never bring school. your Transformers like you were in, ele- you were in elementary school and oh, play yeah, in the def- park? Definitely then. I, uh, my, my big thing that I used to bring to school was uh, I had like this little armband thing that uh, every time you would move, it would make like a sound effect of punching or something. And we would have like little fake fights outside and uh, everybody would bring their armband. Um, I'm trying to think of what the big thing was. Like, cause you, now that the hype always is what the big Christmas uh, item of the year mm-hmm. is. Now, you know what? Nintendo. Nintendo was the thing probably around the fourth, fifth grade where everyone was getting it for Christmas, yep. and so you had to get a Nintendo. Yep. And eventually, and if, you, if you were sitting around with an Atari like an animal, right. you were just uh, a schlub kid. And in fact, too, even beyond that, now you see the Xbox 360 was the big thing last year, mm-hmm. and the PS3 coming up at the end of this year is what everybody feels they need to get in line for. Did you guys have like uh, the big uh, yo-yo craze for a little bit at school? Like, there was one year, I believe it was third grade, uh, everybody had to have a yo-yo, Here's and it wasn't a regular yo-yo. If you had a Dunkin', it sucked. You had to have the uh, Yomega. Well, here's the thing about yo-yos. I had to have the yo-yo that worked automatically because I could yo-yo ball. Yeah, I had to have the yo-yo that was mechanical, spring-loaded, and everything. So it would just come right back at you, and I couldn't even do stunts with that one. Um, oh, I, I could make it sleep. I could walk the dog. I couldn't do any of I that. Could, uh, put the baby in the cradle. So you're talented. I was a man. Um, with my uh, with my Duncan uh, Midnight something, I can't remember what it was. Man, it was that. I remember the big thing was marbles though when we were kids. Really, I never had the marble craze. Always marbles. We play it outside during recess or sometimes during lunch. How about pogs? Were pogs ever big? I never got into them, but I remember all my friends being into pogs. Like there are these uh, these uh, ch- like I think there are these chips and there are these things called a slammer, and you uh, threw them down on the uh, the ground. And you try to make these things flip, and if you uh, made them flip, you got to keep them. And it was kind of like a whole game where you're trying to collect everybody else's pogs. Four zero seven nine one six one zero four one triple eight nine seven eight one zero four one. Junior Kirk Cobain in the four zero seven. I should have a pistol so I can shoot myself. Oh, all right. Like my daddy. Okay, thank you. Francis Bean. Mm-hmm. Um, Pokemon, Pokemon was one of those was... for the kids, Beanie Babies. Mm-hmm. And now it's, I guess, Elmo. Elmo's back. Yeah. I remember uh, Tickle Me Elmo was the big thing, what, was it probably eight or nine years ago? I guess. And where I... Tickle Me Elmo was the uh, thing that no one could keep in stock. And uh, it's uh, my understanding they've released one of these, a new Elmo, every single year. Hideout Download. <laughs> There's Tickle Me Elmo, and there are those who are tickled by Elmo. Elmo fans lined up for the launch of TMX. The X is for extreme. What's extreme was the hype, the countdown clock, the drummed-up mystery. Utterly awesome. Only 50 or so toy industry people supposedly knew what this 10th anniversary Elmo could do. I love the stupid hype around it. Wait till you hear some of the other stuff they did. I love how they just throw extreme in there. Right. 
Now it's better because it's extreme. Hideout download. Who is that? It is Elmo unveiled on morning TV, transported by Brink's truck over to the view. Elmo gay? No. Every audience member got one, but what can the new Elmo do? Let us in. We need one or four. Every year, Elmo performs a new feat. Don't you just love the sheeple that just go with it? Oh, apparently it's a... it's extreme. Well, they, no they, one knows what it is. It's being carried in a Brinks truck. Yeah, an armored truck is taking these this little furry uh, stuffed animal around like it's important. Just the stupid hype machine. It cost uh, probably ten cents for some Taiwan kid to uh, put this thing together. Hideout around in a damn uh, truck. It's hard to top Chicken Dance Elmo from 2002. <laughs> Outside Toys R Us, the kid yanked at the door, less than tickled about waiting for Elmo. And when at last they let folks in, Elmo not only had the last laugh, but fall on the floor laughs. And after... Is it any wonder that our children are last in the world when it comes to... Uh... They worship a retard. That's what Elmo is. He's a, he's a red, uh, red retard. I wonder why it is that all our jobs are going to India. And why the Chinese have just passed us. Maybe because their children are making these Elmos. Or our children are trying to figure out how they work. Hideout download. And after he falls, he gets up off the ground and laughs again. Well, that's a robot. That's that's practically alive. At 40 bucks per Elmo. Wait, this, this Elmo actually falls on the ground and starts laughing? Mm-hmm. I can't wait till some sicko grabs this Elmo, and while he's raping a woman, puts what? puts it on the side of the bed, so it's just rolling around laughing the whole time, so it scars someone for life. Uh, who thinks of that? I cannot wait. I, all right, well, I still don't understand where that comes from, where you would think of something like that. Uh... Four zero seven nine one six one zero four one triple eight nine seven eight one zero four one. Or while while uncle's inside touching the, the child, he accidentally rolls over on this Elmo and it just laughs at the kid. It just scarring him. Hideout download. Forty bucks per Elmo, folks. Loaded up. Only one. I'll get more, baby. You don't worry about that. And all that knee slapping. Oh, you should have seen that asswipe too, because he had an Elmo patch. He was like an Elmo pirate. But he had an Elmo patch over his right How eye. How old is that guy? Uh, he was about 26. He is that guy mm-hmm. who's going to be touching and All having right. this thing rolling around in the bed. Hideout download. Slapping. To make you want to slap him. Give him a break, please. Give us a break, please. And then the reporter punches Elmo. <laughs> well, I'll applaud that. Uh... I would have done the same thing if I was uh, doing that story. Let's go to Steve-O in the 407. What's up, Steve-O? Hey, guys. How about Hacky Sack? That was big in junior high. Yeah. I hit. You know what? That's another thing I couldn't do. The I more, never got into it, but uh, it was mostly the uh, soccer kids that were doing it. The more I think about it, I couldn't do Hacky Sack. I couldn't skateboard. Did you ever do the, uh, what was that thing like uh, where you wore it around one ankle and it kind of uh, circled around and you'd jump over. It was a skip thing. It was like your own kind of uh, jumping um, jump rope. Yeah, and it kept count on how many times you did it. Could never jump rope. In fact, I was so behind, like the skateboard thing really came up when we were kids and that's when it really started booming like in the 80s and stuff and of course it got bigger from there. Um, My mom wouldn't buy me one 
So I saved up my own money and got a plastic skinny orange mm-hmm. skateboard uh, with plastic wheels, oh. which was awful because, A, I couldn't go around because everyone else was cool with their Tony Hawk skateboards. Mm-hmm. And mine, anytime you hit any of the smallest pebbles, it would stop flat and i go flying. So never before or never have I uh, been able since to get on a skateboard or anything like that. Now, uh, the one thing that I almost killed myself on was the uh, pogo ball. Do you remember Pogo Ball? Yes, I do. It was like a ball that had like this little like platform around it where you put your feet on. You're jumping around. I remember jumping around this thing, and it, toys were so dangerous because if you got to an uneven surface, you'd go shooting off to the side. Yeah. And uh, I remember flying towards a basketball pole and hitting my jaw on it. Luckily, not breaking a tooth or any uh, piece of my jaw. Well, Dubs, uh, 407-916-1041. Let's go to L. Ross in the 407. What's up, L. Ross? Hey, guys. How's it going tonight? All right. Well, when I was a kid, probably 95% of my allowance went to trying to assemble a complete run of the Garbage Pail Kids. Yeah, Garbage Pail Kids were huge. I can see I'm not alone because somebody's already posted it on hideoutheretics.net while I've been here on hold. Uh, now, here's the thing about Garbage Pail Kids, too. They, you couldn't have them at school, and they were always taken away by your teacher. Yeah, and they weren't that bad. They're kind of gross, but they weren't like uh, anything vulgar. Actually, at my school, uh, one of my third grade teachers actually sold them. Really? But every, uh, I think it was like every Thursday or something before classes started, she sold them. No, they were banned at my school. You couldn't have a garbage bill, kid. Wow. Spoon in the four seven. What's up, Spoon? What's up, guys? What you got, dope? Just want to say real quick, y'all need to get like twenty of those Elmos, uh, use it as a laugh track, or in studio a live audience. Like <laughs> they just laughing the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, and all our bad jokes. It's funny you say that. We do have actually one of the prototypes for the new Elmo. Because mm-hmm. um, of course this was the tenth anniversary, but they're working on what they're going to bring out for next year. This year was Extreme Elmo. We'll tell you what the next one is next in the Hideout Row Radio One Hundred Four Point One. Caller 7 right now at 407-916-1041 gets qualified for the Miller Lite Hideout Game of the Week Challenge where your name will be randomly placed on our Game of the Week spreadsheet. If you get the winning score of that week, you get a Miller Lite prize pack and are then qualified for the grand prize Miller Lite Poker Tabletop and Chip Set. Win with a great taste of Miller Lite. Always a good call. Go to realradio.fm for more info and listen to the hideout for your next chance to win. Hi, this is Janet. And when I'm not flashing one of my nasty boobs on network TV to get attention because my music sucks on its own, I like to listen to Real Radio 104.1. We are young. All right, welcome back to the Hideout, Real Radio 104.1. Four zero seven nine one six one zero four one triple eight nine seven eight one zero four one star one zero four one on your singular wireless phone. We have some people calling in for some of their their big toys they needed when kids, yep. and also some people that want to talk about this Elmo. Fantastic, um, J Dubs. Uh, it's the new Elmo. It's the new big hit of the you know holiday season. Who's our qualifier, by the way, for the Miller Lite Final Score Challenge? Do we have that? <laughs> Drunkatron. Oh, nice. Yes. Congratulations, Drunkatron. We could get some uh, nice beer from you. I, yeah. heard ta- I was doing something else in the break. I heard him talking to some girl for like five minutes, it seemed. <laughs> now I see why. Yeah, the uh, the Elmo is the big, the new Elmo. Extreme Elmo is the big thing. And we're mm. just thinking about those things as we were kids that you had to have, and you were pissed off if you didn't get it for the uh, for the Christmas season. Let's go to uh, Boggs Wayne Gacy. What's up, Boggs? Hey, guys. 
You know, uh, by the way, Hefe, Nintendo, Super Nintendo. So there's a generational difference yeah. between me and you. But, yeah, that thing with my eighth grade, uh, with my second grade Christmas. And then when I was a really quick, really small kid, it was the Ghostbusters Firehouse action set, man. Now, yeah. that one I do remember when I was a kid, and you had to have that one. And every time a new game system came out, and I still haven't grown out of this, you have to have it. And you notice, too, it's just a holiday season thing because as you get older, you mm -hmm. get accustomed to getting these things. Now, like this fall season, you're going to want the biggest, baddest plasma television there is, or the PS3, mm -hmm. you know, for those of us who are not so grown up but still, uh, you know. Into toys. Exactly. Let's go to Bruce in the 772. What do you got, Bruce? I was not remembering in junior high there was shoes called soaps. Everyone used to get them and they would slide on the curbs. I've never heard of soaps. What are soaps? Well, they're just like regular skater shoes, but they had this piece of, like, fiberglass or some kind of plastic in the center. Wow. I've, that seems actually kind of cool. Now, I have seen kids running around where they get the little roller skate underneath their shoe, and they mm -hmm. can do that, skating through the mall, knocking you over. But I've never heard of soaps. Yeah, I hated, I hate those, uh, those wheel shoes, but I'm sure if I was a child, I would love them, and I'd want one. I didn't even think about, like, clothes. I mean, mm. in high school, you always wanted to come back with a new wardrobe. Of course, after, you needed the cool uh, stuff, and you, you know, you couldn't come back with last year's fashions. After Christmas break, you did, yeah. You had to have the new kicks, your new British knights. The good old, uh, what were they, the uh, the black tops. Mm -hmm. Those were huge for, like, a uh, half a year. BK in the 407. What's up, man? Man, I hate Elmo. Why? Because... When Elmo came along, they threw Grover off the boat because you couldn't feed him anymore. All right. Amistad reference from over a month ago now. Still. <laughs> Actually, um, that is true, though. Like, when I was watching Sesame Street, I never heard of Elmo. No, Elmo wasn't a part of it when we were growing up. He was one of those newcomers. Peter what? Pan in the 407. What do you got, hey, Pete? I was, you, you were talking about that thing that you put around your ankle and stuff. My sisters have, like, three of them. They were called Skip It. Yeah, skip it. Skip it was and, a thing that you would... Uh, the, yeah, yeah, it counted the things as you were jumping Skip around. it, skip it. I actually got hit in the nose by it, too. It popped <laughs> off the street. And oh. A little curved thing. Oh, oh yeah, uh, I'm sure. Then, you had to say something about the Elmo, though? What else What, you, what else you have about Elmo? Uh, Elmo? Ah, well, they put you up as an Elmo call. Guess not. Nope. Out of way, phone screener. Dion in the 407. What do you got, Dion? Uh, you guys remember G.I. Joe. I could never find Storm Shadow. I looked everywhere for him every Christmas. Uh -huh. And you always needed every little piece of yeah. that G.I. Joe. And uh, if you couldn't find one of the guys, you were livid. And you were livid at your mom because she wouldn't check it a few more places for it. You always noticed, too, like you began to equate how much your parents loved you with the kind of presents that they got you. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, I guess your mom didn't love you so much. She didn't get you the new <laughs> micro machines. Not to mention that she's on welfare. That's why. She didn't get you the new Domino Rally. She just got you the starter set. Ex-Con in the 863. Yeah, what's up, Adel? Yeah, buddy. Hey, man, uh, is it that gum uh, blow-up punching bag, man? I got so mad that I didn't get it my my birthday that I keyed my aunt's Lincoln Continental. <laughs> Gee, I guess that was a little sign as things to come, Ex-Con. Yeah, then my, then my grandma finally bought it for me, and I kept punching it, and it wouldn't stay down, so then I ended up stabbing it with a pencil. Christ. That's the thing about that blow-up punching bag. You always wanted it. You saw your uh, your cousins or friends having it, and uh, they kept it good all the time. For some reason, yours would pop in a week. Let me tell you another thing that I got pissed off because I didn't get it around Christmas. The damn power glove for Nintendo. 
I I never got that. I wanted the power glove. I kept on asking for the power glove. My friend got the power glove, and I found out it sucked. So I was so glad I didn't have it. My chick says My Little Ponies for girls. Like, that was a big thing that girls always had to say. I have the new color of the My Little Pony or whatever it is. I couldn't even imagine being a chick and some of the crap, you like the ha- Barbies and stuff. You didn't have a sister growing up, so you, I had to see all this stuff come and go. And I was the younger of the two, so yeah. I got hand-me-down chick uh, toys. <laughs> I was sitting there playing with, uh, dolls. yeah, with uh, dolls and everything. Uh, I had a uh, Cabbage Patch Kid because it's a hand-me-down, and my mom didn't have the money to go buy me a new one. Uh, that's a. Uh... It's incredibly sad. Did I ever tell you about how I had to make my own Cabbage Patch dolls? No. Why would you go through the trouble? Oh, boy, oh, boy. Uh, so you, I've told these stories about how I'd go live on a farm, mm-hmm. and we didn't have TV or radio with my cousin Peanut and Sam, and my um, borderline Charles Manson uncle. Mm-hmm. So they didn't have a lot of money, obviously, because we were living on a farm, you know, going around to prayer meetings uh, five nights a week. So what we used to do is the big thing is going to Walmart or Michael's and buying fabric and making our own toys. So we made our own Cabbage Patch dolls. Would you, would you sign Xavier Roberts <laughs> on the ass? <laughs> Just like the real ones? Oh, man. I never even thought about that. God, what a ton of pressing. You know, that's a, that's a good idea. Someone in the hideout needs to get an Xavier Roberts tattoo on their ass. I think that'd be perfect. Alright, you're the only one that's willing to do that crap. Johnny D in the 407. <laughs> what's up, Johnny? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Yo. Not much. I was just calling to let you know that I have the complete set of Garbage Pail Kids. Can you bring them up one night, man? I'd love to look at them. Yeah, they're crazy. Because I, I got this. Somebody sent me a link here, and I didn't even remember. I guess this is 26B Fat Matt. And mm-hmm. I get, somebody said we need to have that for Matt Albert. I had no idea that there was a Fat Matt that existed. Fat Matt! I'll, Fat Matt! I'm, sure I'm sure it's in there. Oh, actually, I'm looking at it right now. There's somebody giving me... All right, that's Matt, except this baby's white. <laughs> <laughs> but it... Oh, my God. I forgot about Garbage Pail Kids. Look at those things. No wonder they wouldn't let, let us have them in school. All right, this is a great little website. Who gave this to me? What website is it? Um, It's a GeoCities website. I think it was Bipolar Steve. Post it on hh.net and fullblownage.com. Um, yeah, there's a um, it's garbage pals kid, garbage pal kids checklist, mm-hmm. and it goes through, and you can look at the checklist, then you can pick one of them, and you can click on it, and it'll show it to you. Nice. So you can see all these. Let's go to Brian in the 407. What's up, Brian? Hey, how we doing? All right. What do you got? Yeah, I don't know if you guys remember the uh, California Raisin guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah I, I worked for Hardee's back then, and uh, I, we'd open up at 6 o'clock in the morning. There'd be 50, 60 people waiting out there when we start selling the uh, the new character. Oh, you know, I, just... you know that you know you bring up a very interesting point. Thank you for that phone call, man. You know how sometimes they had these things at the, uh, McDonald's at, at the or... fast food places, and you had to go... At every cycle for the Happy Meal to get the new one. Yeah, every week uh, the new one would start up, and you'd have to go back and get a, a Happy Meal again just to complete your set. All right, thank you to Bipolar Steve. He's posted this, hideoutheretics.net and fullblownaids.com. Check him out on both. You can see the GeoCities, like it's this it's this quick little website that shows you all of the Garbage Pail Kids and their, and their checklist. Like you just pick one and you can go to it and you can see them. All right, L. Ross writes over. Hand-me-down girls' toys. That explains a lot. 
again going Talking back to me. yeah last night's show where Dubs came out. I did not come out. I mean, I'm not hiding anywhere either. Should have. Two bongs don't make a pipe in the 386. Sure they do. What do you got? What's going on, boys? What you got? Listen, uh, do you guys remember that air drum kit? It came with a speaker that you could tie to your belt. Yes. And when you hit the sticks in the air, I would uh, I would have killed someone for that when I was a little kid. Yeah. I do remember that. Only like three or four kids had it, and they'd bring it to school, and they'd just be sitting there doing the uh, air drums. They had the sticks and everything, and it yeah, had like it was... uh, it had like speakers that were, uh, were uh, attached to your hip. Very annoying, and uh, the drums didn't even make sense because you can hit them anywhere, mm -hmm. and the, the sound changes every time you hit it somewhere. But <laughs> when you're a kid, that's fun. Um, Solo Cognito writes, hey, speaking of clothing, uh, at my thing at Lee Middle School and Jones High School, you always had to have the newest starter jackets every yep. year. Yep. Oh, yeah. I had the, uh, I, I, I went through different teams whenever I did it. I would go, I'd have the Jaguars, I'd have, like, uh, you know, um, the Lions for a year. I just go through all the different teams and never stick with the same one. I think I have an Orlando Magic of all teams back back in DC. Why were starter jackets the jackets that would smell the worst at the end of their one year run? They reeked. They got crusty and they got those little brown crusty spots and like lines and stuff on all them. around like your wrist area. You know and why it is though? Because those kinds of jackets weren't meant to be worn every day and in the heat mm -hmm. but you'd spend so much money on them you had to wear them uh constantly it may have been 90 degrees in the classroom but you spent 110 dollars on a, on a starter jacket so you were going to wear it just like when you leave the uh, tag on your starter hat i never did that no you weren't cool Senior hamburger in the 407. First of all, I, I have to say that I went to Lee as well, and uh, whoever that guy was, he's probably a terrible person. Mm -hmm. And second of all, I think that it was Elmo that gave Tyrone AIDS. Stop leaving my cat out of this. Dubs, uh, we've got this prototype for mm -hmm. the uh, new Elmo. Do you, because um, I guess this the big thing about this year, the extreme Elmo, is that it giggles and falls. <laughs> but, um... Like the newest Elmo, or the prototype for what they're going to do next year, it's um, religious extremist Elmo. So what does it do? Does it just talk to you? I think it has positive religious extremist messages. All right. Here, hold on. Let me get this little thing out. Condoms kill babies. Ah! Condoms kill babies? Wow. That's, a, that's not a positive... Uh... Extreme, I guess for the extreme religions, sure, that makes sense. I didn't know that. Uh, I didn't know there was a message like that going out for uh, the new religious extremist Elmo. Um, let's try this one. Good evening, God the Sodomites. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Now I, here's Sodomites. the thing. I see this selling in a red state. Yeah. I see something like this. I say fifty percent of the country is going to eat it up. I see this being a big thing. Religious extremist Elmo. Right, hold on, let me let me see here. What if Jesus was aborted? <laughs> oh, that is a interesting question. Now that does get posted uh, post constantly on um, you know anytime you go out and you're at a clinic or something, mm -hmm. you do see a lot of times. What if uh, would you do this to Jesus? Religious extremist Elmo. Hold on, let me. Baby bomb? What does baby bomb mean? I guess it's uh, 
You know, strap a bomb to a baby and blow something up. Uh, wow. Yeah. All right, so religious extremists Elmo, they're running the gamut. Yeah, they aren't uh, sticking to one religion. They're, they're going to do uh, them all. Multiple uh, extremists. Oh, I'm waiting for a good Ganesh joke. All right, here we go. Hold on a second. Um, Is there one? I don't know. Let's see what uh, they came up with over there. Unbaptized babies go straight to hell. <laughs> I do hear that. Unbaptized babies go straight to hell. I remember when I got baptized, I was thinking to myself, this is it. This is my key into heaven. Yeah. Little did I know I was seven, <laughs> and I had the rest of my life to be a filthy mongrel. Mm -hmm. Religious extremist Elmo, J-Dubs. Prototype here in the hideout on Road Radio 104.1. Do what you should. Bomb a Planned Parenthood. <laughs> All right, so at least it rhymes. Yeah. <laughs> at least it does teach the uh, skill of rhyming. It's the hideout, Road Radio 104.1. Getting a red card for headbutting in the blame game. Remember the me? Yeah. Real Radio 104.1. All right, J-Dubs, it is a uh, Wednesday night in the hideout. Road Radio 104.1 will continue the discussion. A lot of people have some good things about those toys you had to have when you were a kid because of this Elmo thing and the new re religious extremist Elmo. Uh, also, too, check them out, hideoutheretics.net, uh, fullblownage.com, realradio.fm. And uh, we got a guest coming up in about 30 minutes going to tell us why women hate each other. We know why we hate women. Now we'll find out whether or not women hate women for the exact same reasons. I would say yes. And, uh, of course, getting you qualified at a quarter past the hour for the Hideout Football Final Score Square Challenge, thanks to Miller Lite. It's a Hideout Road Radio 104.1. Radio. Radio. Welcome back into the Hideout, Real Radio 104.1. and Star 1041 on your singular wireless phone. I forget that uh, Wednesday is 80s bumper music night. How can you forget? It's wonderful. I forgot until about 714. <laughs> um, so, Dubs, those toys you had to have, the Wild Hawk. One of my favorite heretics. He was just talking about how um, his parents didn't get him the right Optimus Prime ah. for uh, for Christmas, and so he got you know he got pissed off. And I told him it's because they didn't love you enough. And he said, "Well, they came up with a new Optimus like every year or every couple of years." <laughs> and he buried one of them in his grandma's backyard after he saw Transformers the movie. And of course, Optimus Prime dies. And I talked about that the other night. How you when cried? I, yeah, I cried during it. So he had a he had a funeral I, for Optimus Prime but, after the movie. But you know what? I remember doing stuff like that. My cousin Kyle and I used to after we'd have our big battles with our GI Joes and stuff, we would make we would make these little cardboard coffins mm -hmm. and we would go in the backyard and we would bury them for a little while. You see, we would make uh, toy napalm and we would like just be burning <laughs> them, you know? And uh, doing that kind of stuff, but we never had like uh, funerals for him. We never had, you know, some kind of Arlington Cemetery going on in our backyard. We just, we just let him stick to the, uh, Dude, the uh, asphalt. I, I completely forgot about the fact that we would take pride in making these caskets. 
You know, we mm-hmm. get the cardboard and we no do one's allowed to take pictures of them as they're coming into the house. Right. <laughs> How we, long would you leave them buried? I guarantee they're in that old house. They're probably some we forgot about. We usually would leave them down there like two or three weeks, and then we'd have because we'd have storylines and playing. Then all of a sudden there was you know resurrection. The, yeah, the, no, the cobras came up with this weird like mutant virus <laughs> that had like zombies, and so they would come up out of the dead, and they'd be all dirty. Jeez, man. And we played. It was. I have a fantastic imagination. That, to, prior to being an only child. Let's go to Brian in the four hundred seven. What's up, Brian? Hey, Ida, what's going on? I got a quick question about that uh, prototype Elmo. Mm-hmm. Just, just curious if it talks about the uh, Jews starting all the wars in the world. And if so, I'd like to pre-order one. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, Is that Matt throwing his voice? Yeah, it does. Uh, it does not. I, but it can be added. I think they, uh, well, but they added Mel Gibson to the writing crew, so I think that very well could be one of the new things it says on there. In fact, I bet it will in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, this prototype Elmo, the religious extremist Elmo. Do what you should, Mama Planned Parenthood. <laughs> so I wouldn't be surprised. I have to go write that one down. <laughs> um, did you start it at all? Sir Pillsbury in the four seven. What's up? I too went to Lee Middle School, and everybody seemed to want a two forty three bolt action rifle. Ah, uh, now let me ask you this: Remember Dubs about the uh, the Christmas story and the toy gun? Did everybody mm-hmm. ever want that whenever you were growing up? Oh yeah, I uh, I had to have a BB gun. Did you have one when you were growing up? No, I couldn't have guns. We'd have one pump wars. And I know that sounds kind of gay, no. but what we would have is... <laughs> but I could finish first. <laughs> we would, you know, with, uh, with a, a BB gun, if you just pump it once, it'll just leave like a little red mark if you uh, shoot each other. So that's what we would do. Yeah, I, I couldn't have BB guns for that precise reason. Did you guys uh, ever get excited over like a cereal prize? Like, you just had to go buy cereal? Oh, yeah. Cereal? Without a doubt. You, that's, that was your main factor on buying cereal. You would just thumb through the aisle and find out what toy is the best. No, when I was a kid, my main factor in buying cereal was how many marshmallows it had. I never yeah. got excited for the toys. You didn't get excited for the toys at all? No, not in the cereal ones. Oh, I love the I toys. I they were cheap and anyone could have them, so what did and, I want it for? And I just put my grubby paws in there and just start <laughs> digging through. Oh, and how much <laughs> your parents would get pissed off yeah. over that? It's like, Shut up! You aren't eating this sugary stuff. It's mine. So then you figure out what you do is you go and you get your mom's big Tupperware and you pour it all out, then get the prize, and then get a funnel and pour it all back in. But that never worked because when you try to pour it back in, well, what I would do, I'd re, uh, remove the bag and try to pour it back in that way, and then the bag was too fat to uh, fit back in the box, and I was uh, screwed. I was caught. So then I figured, all right. If uh, if that's where they're going to be, I can't uh, have it until I get to the bottom of the box. I'm eating one box at a time. <laughs> I'm getting to the bottom of it this morning. You know, I never thought about flipping it over and opening it. Because it was probably so packed, you probably could open it from the bottom, but then you know your mom's going to get pissed off them too. Mm-hmm. Or you could have opened it, take the bag out, flip it around, then open it up and get it out from there. Like, open the box. See? You're a thinker now. If <laughs> only, If only it had that knowledge and working out in high school, you know, lifting weights, I'd be in the major leagues. Go to William in the 407. <laughs> William. Didn't say anything for him. We got. Go ahead, buddy. Uh, I was thinking. Okay, well, first off, creepy crawler is a little uh, 
you pour in the gelatin, and all of a sudden it turns into candy. Yeah, I do remember those. Like you, uh, it was kind of like uh, a male's version of the uh, the Easy Bake. Easy Bake oven. Yeah, I wanted one of them too, secretly, <laughs> but all right. Every guy that I knew actually did want an Easy Bake Oven for some well, reason. Well, because uh, because uh, Easy Bake Oven was terrific because you always want uh, cookies and you can make them yourself. You have to bug your mom for them. Jeez, and I thought I was a fat right. kid. What else <laughs> do you have? The oven. Right. Um, actually, another thing is, um, for some strange reason, unknown, I actually had a brother. I didn't like him, but we got together and <laughs> played board games. You know, every now and then, guess who? Battleship. Um, Monopoly, well, not Monopoly, but, you know, just these board games that when you get with somebody else and you can cheat and have a whole bunch of fun, guess who was actually one of my favorite uh, board games growing up? You know what I loved, um, and thank you, is Battleship. Battleship was awesome, and actually, I'm pissed off that MySpace doesn't do the games anymore because they had an online Battleship. I never saw that. And I loved playing it. What about Mousetrap? That was... Mousetrap was, it wasn't too complicated. It took too long to set up for the little bit of excitement you got when you, uh, when you flipped the trap. Well, I got Simon you. Says. What was that? Remember like, that? Like, oh, yeah. no, just Simon? Where it was like, oh, yeah, uh, you, you had to follow the, uh, the colors? Hated that. Thing. Operation, too. Operation, Oper- Operation was one of those that I really liked. How about, uh, Concentration? I think that was the name of it, or, uh. No, that was a camp. No. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Chuck Chuck. Uh, I mean, that's where, uh, where you had to uh, kind of, you had all these puzzle pieces, like kind of like these little yellow. Oh, yeah. I was great you, at and it. And you tried to put them all in before the thing exploded all over you. That wasn't concentration. What was it then? Oh, wait, that was concentration. I'm was thinking concentration. memory. The one where you have the cards and you have to flip yeah. them oh. over, like the Mario, like in Mario 3 and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I was dominated. It wasn't a board game or really even a toy, but we've talked about it before Oregon Trail. Another Oregon Trail, we best, still play. Best game ever. I don't play it. What? I'm going to play it with us some night. Um, no, not with you guys. Why? Four hours is enough, man. You're going to die of dysentery, then. I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> James in the 407. What's up, James? Hey, hey guys. What's going on there? What you got? First of all, great show y'all have. I enjoyed it a lot. Thank, Thank you. Buddy. Yeah, but I remember when I was a little boy, I was like seven years old, the most ultimate toy I always wanted, and I got to see it in the store every day, but I didn't get to play with it, and that was the Erector set. I mean, they had the biggest, baddest director set you could ever have, and I just had to have it. And finally, mm-hmm. uh, for, my, for like my ninth birthday, I finally got one. I never got one. I always asked for a director uh, set. Dubs, take Thank you for the compliment, bro. What is? What was that? It was basically uh, just a thing where you try to put together like these different kind of machines and everything. Then they come with like a little motor in them and everything. Yeah, you can and... make a mo- You can make a car. Think of this like Legos, but with metal. Yeah. Remember and the sandlot? Uh, different kinds of pulleys and everything too. You could do. Remember the sandlot when they had to build that device out of the erector set to get the Babe Ruth signed baseball back mm-hmm. from Hercules the dog, owned by James Earl Jones in the movie. Ah, oh, you know someone a uh, box of wine writes over. Don't break the ice. Do you remember that one? I love uh, that game. Don't break the ice was great. You yeah. had like this little uh, like uh, platform type thing with uh, these plastic little cubes, and you sat there tapping them out trying to and whoever broke the ice it was like kind of a a horizontal jenga and whoever made the thing fall through lost yeah i love that game that was the best let's go to chick mechanic in the 407 what's up guys oh it's jake the mechanic what's up brother what the hell was chick mechanic up there for (laughs) gazoo fathead gazoo I keep hearing you guys talk about used to and remember, and, you know, there's still some of us that play 
play these games, and we actually turned Battleship into a life-size drinking game where instead of lining up your ship and it takes three pegs to sink it, we line up three shots or five shots and play uh, wow. two. Now, here's the thing. All right, check, check this out, Jake, the mechanic, and see if this is a good idea. Have them stand there for a second. Mm-hmm. Friday uh, afternoons, we're going to start doing a hideout happy hour down at the Matador on Pine Street. It's a great little bar, and they're going to let us come in there, and we're going to do our thing. And we don't want it to be all shock jockey and stuff. We want to hang out. My idea was to have some of these old-school board games while you're there drinking. So do you have any of these other drinking games, like with Battleship? Or are there any others, too, with, like, checkers and stuff? Oh, well, you could easily do it with checkers, but when you have, you know, somebody's playing with whiskey and somebody's playing with vodka, so you can tell the difference in colors, you get drunk kind of quick. Oh, I like that a lot. All right, thank you, Jake. Actually, I- they do sell the checkers uh, shot game, where, you know, if you get jumped, you have to drink. That is something that I would love to do over at Matador for our... Uh, the happy hour kicks off this Friday. I think, mm. um... If I'm more money, I go to Spencer's. They have all that. They yep. have like tequila roulette, where mm-hmm. like it's this wheel, and you just flick it, and it could come up with anything. And I think the worst thing is to get like the five shot one, because you're basically done. <laughs> you're cooked. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't want people getting so drunk that they can't, um, you know. But there, there, there can be like a happy medium there of fun games while uh, drinking. Because I'm thinking Checkers Connect for this battleship, bringing it back over at the Matador, a little game unwinding in the hideout happy hour on Fridays. Let's right, take a break and come back. It's a hideout. Road Radio 104.1. An e-ticket on the Bipolar Express. You know you've been screaming the top of your lungs a lot. Real Radio 104.1. Wednesday night in the hideout, Road Radio 104.1. Pepe and Dubs with you. 407 star 1041 on your singular wireless phone. Me and Chunks were talking, we were, you know, kind of reliving the past in, in middle school and elementary school and everything. Uh, I was that prick kid who would, uh, during recess, you could either bring your own ball to play with, or you could check one out and take it outside and play around with it and everything. But if you lost that ball, or if you stole it or something, you uh, couldn't check out a ball for the rest of the year. Okay. So what I would do, I would go up to people that I hated, take their ball and punt it up on the roof. <laughs> and, you know, the, and the kids were always, you know, like, uh, the kids I knew I could beat up, so they wouldn't tell on me. You're such an animal. I know. Even back then. Or if I really hated a kid uh, on, on uh, test day, I would uh, wait for him to go out to recess, stay in the classroom, and take his pencil and sharpen it all the way down until it's just like a little nub. <laughs> and then he's sitting there trying to write with it to his test. No wonder Dan Stone hates you. I know. You're that kid. Mm-hmm. You're the kid you have to become friends with. And you want to become friends with just so he doesn't mess with you. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's too funny. Or I would, uh, the old big pens, you could rub up against, like, uh, either the desk or your trapper keeper mm-hmm. and make them really hot and burn that kid in the back of the neck Jesus. in front of you. Uh, let's take a break, come back. Our interview is on the phone. She's a little early, so we'll take a break and come back. No wonder people um, are Hate just me. disgusted by you right now. Why? I honestly fear you. It's the Hideout Roll Radio 104.1. Real, real, real. 
Philadelphia. Back in the hideout, Wednesday night in the hideout, 80s bumper music. Stay tuned. At the end of this segment, we'll get you qualified for more squares in the hideout football final score square challenge. Thanks. Brought to you by Miller Lite. Details on RollRadio.fm. Basically, we pick a game of the week. From that game of the week, um, we do like a Super Bowl square type thing. And uh, if you pick the final score, then you end up winning the uh, Miller Lite prize pack. So uh, that includes free beer. 407-916-1041, Dubs, you love Desperate Housewives, don't you? Yes, I do. And I'm a big fan of a show on Showtime. Which Showtime is coming up, I think, with the the the, the really good television isn't even on network anymore. It's on mm-hmm. cable. And sometimes even premium with HBO and Showtime. But Weeds is a fantastic show as well. And the dynamics of both of those, a little bit or how women uh, don't really deal with each other all that well. Now, believe it or not, this affects all of us. I'll tell you how it directly affects me. And that's why we have our guest who's uh, joining us on the phone right now, J-Dubs. Susan Shapiro Barash. Did I say that correctly? Or Barish. Barish. All right. Thank you for coming to the hideout. The author of Tripping the Prom Queen, The Truth About Women and Rivalry. You can get the book on Amazon.com. Here's one of the big things that I want to ask you. Talk about the rivalry between mothers and daughters, and I want to ask you specifically about my girlfriend and maybe how that plays out. But what have you found when looking at women uh, and their daughters and, like, the competition that goes on there? Well, I think it's particularly hard for baby boomer mothers because, you know, the baby boomer mother so wants to look young and be hip and never age, and here she has this nubile 18, 20-year-old daughter mm-hmm. who, you know, really kind of reminds her of what, what's passed her by. Meanwhile, they're dressing the same, Would, and it can't be easy. A lot of the mothers are divorced or remarried, so it's very complicated. Would this uh, kind of uh, explain a lot of the cougars out there? What do you mean by cougars? Uh, have you heard of the term cougars? Yeah. Uh, cougar is a, what, a 50- or 60-year-old woman? Yeah. Who likes to uh, get it on with twenty sums and they go out? The- actually, I think that's an interesting trend. I mean, definitely older women and younger men, but that has to be threatening for a daughter if the mother is eyeing the same, you know, men mm-hmm. that her daughter. I mean, it has to be hard. And I found in my study that another thing with mothers and daughters is that the mother really teaches their daughters how to be competitive or not be competitive. So if you had a mother who was very jealous of everyone, then she either taught you to be like that or taught you not to be like that. All right, so, uh, uh, Susan Shapiro Barish in the Hideout Road Radio 104.1. Tripping the prom queen, the truth about women and rivalry, uh, Amazon.com. Just, I'll be honest with you. Every single one of us has to deal with a byproduct because we're a male-dominated show or a male-dominated station, but we all have to deal with the byproduct of this. My poor girlfriend has the kind of prototypical overbearing mom. Mm-hmm. Always poking her on her weight, which my girlfriend isn't fat, but she's always making fun of her weight. She's always asking her, which, why won't she hurry up and get out of school? Um, just always the needling and the prodding. And very, and very critical. Yeah. Oh, it's always critical. Hardly ever is it anything positive. Where does that come from? Is it really just the, all right, my youth passed me by? Because here's what ends up happening. Here's the cycle. So my girlfriend would, will get a call from her mom, and then they'll get in a fight. And then all of a sudden, my girlfriend comes back to me pissed off, and then she'll pick a fight with me. And somehow, I'm caught up in this stupid yeah, little triangle. Yeah, right you're into it. You are. You're yeah. right into it. Well, mother and daughter relationships are m- more rivalrous, Jay. There's no question. 
So what is the mother really doing? Why is she so critical of her daughter? Partly because she might actually be jealous. Maybe her own life is missing some A little bitterness pieces. there. I think part of it, too, was, I guess, my girlfriend was conceived in, like, the last... Uh, year of a of a master's oh, program, uh, right? And so it's one of those things. Wow, if I hadn't gotten knocked up, I'd be somewhere different instead of doing what I'm doing now. Right. So the mother is really resentful, in a way, but she's also competing with with her daughter by being so critical. You know, she's really giving her a hard time, and you know, making her me- your girlfriend's actually measuring herself against other women because her all the time because her mother is sort of doing it to her. Now, it, it, would you say that uh, in this case the mother is meaning well or not even that? It never seems to me. I'll, I'll tell you my point of view. It's a Hideout Row Radio 104.1. I don't think the mother, I think the mother's trying to mean well because she didn't want to see her end up in the same path as her because she kind of hates her life. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it can't do any good, does it? It's very complicated. It really sounds like, and this happens often with women, this isn't just mothers and daughters, but the boundaries are blurred. There aren't enough boundaries between that mother and the daughter. And that's why, partly why you're drawn into the drama, because the, your girlfriend spills after her mother spills, and she sops it up, and then she spills, and you're there. Oh, it kills me. Oh, man, there's <laughs> spillage constantly. But, but you know what? Your girlfriend really could improve the situation. She could really, you know, protect herself better, understand where her mother's coming from. I mean, that's why I wrote the book, so that we can improve the situations between men, that women I, tripping the uh, Tripping the prom queen, the truth about women and rivalry, Amazon.com, because you always hear about the mother-in-law. I hate to dwell on the one thing specifically, like a little uh, intervention for me, uh, Susan. Well, but why are there no men in your in your company? It's a guy-dominated company, you said? Girls aren't funny. Yeah, they, uh, they really aren't. They, they're not interesting or funny. Yeah. I think that's why girls hate each other, because none of them are interesting. They can't make each other laugh. Yeah. I think all this is extremely sexist and a Most likely. sweeping statement. Yeah, you're right. And so are we. So now, oh my God. Well, well, we even saw, too, where, you know, Gloria Steinem and Jane Fonda, they're out there creating the all-women's uh, talk network. But why do you think that is? Because we actually work for a female boss, which is very rare, not only in radio, but in specifically this male-dominated format. And I'll be honest with you, it's awesome. It's great having... It's a great boss. Yeah, it's great that, having a woman as a news. boss. That's really good news. But why aren't there more women working with her? I don't know. What do you think it is? I don't know. But what I found in the workplace is that powerful women, and I'm not saying this is your boss at all, but just in general, that sometimes powerful women really don't bring younger women into the company because they're so, they've worked so hard, they had no one who made way for them. You know, women have been around a while. And that has to improve, too, so that, you know, seasoned women in the workplace are now mentoring and bringing the younger women along. Here, Here's my theory on women in the radio and why there isn't as many of them, and this is honest. Um, I think radio is one of those businesses where, you know, you, you work so long for so little money and... A lot of times, women have opportunities to go do different things for more money, and it doesn't seem feasible for them. That, that is a very good point, because you Except see... I, that you're talking about a, a, the media industry, and in television, it's still male-dominated, and there they're paid much better than radio. Oh, tell me about it. Uh, exactly. We're eating ramen noodles. Uh, you don't have to, you're preaching to the choir here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Susan Shapiro, uh, ramen noodle. Barish, Susan. it's in the Hideout Row Radio 104.1. Get the book at Amazon.com, Tripping the Prom Queen. The truth about women and rivalry. Going back real fast to my uh, my girlfriend situation. Uh-huh. 
should I send this book to the mom and say, hey, read this and highlight things and be like, hey, you're doing this to your daughter and it's affecting me? What's the best way to approach that? Well, I don't know if you have to write all that in a little, you know, covering letter, but I hope you would give her the book. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, the book looks at all different scenarios, mothers and daughters, as I said, women in the workplace, best friends. You know how women will say we were best friends and then she got married or she Mm -hmm. got pregnant or she got divorced. Uh so just what happens with women? Well, that happens in the, the man world, too. Like, uh, you'll have a buddy who uh, has a kid or uh, gets married or something, and the, the person changes, and it's really not a, a feasible relationship that. anymore. But you know what's different about the buddy world, as you say, mm-hmm. is that there's, there isn't, I don't think the bar is held so high. I think there's more acceptance, and I don't think there's so much jealousy surrounding it. Do you think that women should do more hazing of each other like guys do? Um, to like to build like camaraderie and things like that, you know that all the guys go through a, on a football field, on a, anywhere you're at, on a radio show. Like there needs to be more hazing, it seems, to build this bond. Well, are you saying that you're all in it together and therefore you, the bond is just yeah, natural? Yeah, it's like you've I gone think, through that military type thing. Well, I think that women aren't good at that. That's the problem. You know, we pretend we're in it One together. Many things. Mm-hmm. See, guys are really good at being in it together mm-hmm. because guys don't fake the friendships. But women have this pretense. I mean, I interviewed women who said, oh, I would do anything for my best friend, except when she got married to a wealthy guy and sat there and told me everything. I was seething. Why are women such bitches? Like, why is that? Why are they such? I don't know about that word, but women are not very kind to one another. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Why is it too that if you're a guy, you can't have a uh, you can't have like a whole bunch of female friends, and your chick will get jealous. Like, if I even add a chick on MySpace, my chick's getting jealous. Really? Of course, because the truth is. Um, over 65% of the women with whom I spoke said that they had stolen a husband, lover, boyfriend, or job from another friend. Wow. So that's why. That's When your girlfriend says, I don't like her, like just being your platonic friend, mm-hmm. she's not wrong because platonic friends, you know, this, this woman probably has ulterior motives. So it's kind of because we know as guys... Uh, whenever you're striking up a friendship with another girl, you're usually, like 90% of the time, you wouldn't mind getting remo- romantically uh, involved. Exactly. There's this undercurrent. Mm-hmm. And so, your girl, you know, if you have a steady girlfriend and then you have all these sort of, well, not in your case, but in some workplaces, there are these female friendships, mm-hmm. there's always that undercurrent. That's why there's so many office romances, really. You notice we don't have any female friend stubs? Yeah. We just don't. <laughs> Girls don't like us. Because you both have serious girlfriends, is that why? That and we're kind of chauvinist. Yeah. No, not you. Oh, I hear sarcasm in your voice, Susan. Stop that now. I just heard what you call women. But the thing is, they're the problem. But wait a second, though. I, not that we call women, but women call women bitches and sluts. You know, that happens all the... a negative connotation. Yeah. But what I will say is that tripping the prom queen is actually a cheat sheet for men. Because if they, and I, when I, you know, I've been on tour for this book, men have really come out to hear me speak and men have really been interested and sent emails because it's a way to really see why women do what they do. And that's the big thing. Like, that's why I kept asking about my, uh, my girlfriend and her mom. Well, Susan Shapiro, uh, bearish author of Tripping the Prom Queen, The Truth About Women and Rivalry. Thank you for the quick education. Get it on Amazon.com and anywhere else. Thank you for having me on your show. Absolutely. Thank you, sweetie. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I'm telling you, it's a big thing, man. I guess nowhere else has it. Just Amazon.com. Yeah. It's good, though, man. Chunks, you read this, didn't you? You read some of it? Yeah, I skimmed through it. 
there was a lot of like Seinfeld references and, and stuff like that with that whole like you know George and and yeah Jerry that whole George that. Jerry thing on Seinfeld. How, how they're all that's like, really narrowing it down there. No, I'm saying how they're all buddies <laughs> and Elaine was kind of always like aloof and like if any other chicks came into play, they'd always get jealous of her, especially with George. Do you ever wish you had more female friends? No. Or do you think it's just trouble? It, it, it's trouble. And it's not healthy. It doesn't seem, it doesn't seem fun to me usually. It, it takes a special girl to get along with as a guy. Growing up, I um, especially in like middle school and high school, I always had a lot of female friends, mm-hmm. and even a lot through college too. But I haven't had a lot of female friends through college. Maybe because I was married for a while, and now I got my girlfriend. And I honestly don't think my chick could handle me having any female friends. I just don't think it would happen. Why, because you'd bang them all? You yeah, stud you? They wouldn't be able to resist me? Yeah. Look at me over here in my tight tool shirt. <laughs> of course they want it. Jack in the 407. What's up, Jack? Hi. First time caller. Okay. All right. Um, I've been having this problem in my relationship. You see, um, I've been raping Tyrone. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Leave my cat out of this. First time caller. It's the Hideout Row Radio 104.1. Caller 7 right now at 407-916-1041 gets qualified for the Miller Lite Hideout Game of the Week Challenge where your name will be randomly placed on our Game of the Week spreadsheet. If you get the winning score of that week, you get a Miller Lite prize pack and are then qualified for the grand prize Miller Lite Poker Tabletop and Chip Set. Win with the great taste of Miller Lite. Always a good call. Go to realradio.fm for more info and listen to the Hideout for your next chance to win. Hey, what's up? This is Nick Lachey. And I was married to Jessica Simpson, which seemed like a good idea at the time. Anyway, sorry about all the bad songs. You're listening to Real Radio In the hideout, Troll Radio 104.1, Wednesday night, 80s bumper music night. Check it out, fullblownage.com, hideoutheretics.net. Sign up for both of those. Enjoy the uh, the uh, the people that surround you on those. Uh, congratulations to CJ from the 321. He's our uh, next qualifier for the uh, final square final score challenge. Uh, that we do every week with the uh, the game of the week. Cincinnati versus Pittsburgh. We'll get mm-hmm. you another qualification in just about an hour. Thanks to our guest. Dubs, here's Dr. Laura on uh, why a real man doesn't want to marry a slatacious hussy. Real men want a real lady. A guy will do anything available to him. My mother and father taught me that at a very young age. And my mother said one time, a uh, guy's not going to throw many females out of bed if they're willing to be there. That's the reality of male sexuality. But a male, a man, does not want to marry that. He wants to marry somebody he can be put on a pedestal, be in awe of, respect, and admire. Uh, not really. He wants to marry someone who's going to cook and not embarrass him in public. Yeah. 
We like a slutty chick, though, I think. Oh, as long yeah. As, as long as uh, she doesn't slut around a whole lot. Well, just when she knows when to be a slut. Yeah. But we do enjoy a slut. All right, Johnny Boy says, If any girl is your friend, walked in your room naked and told you to bang her, unless you're gay or we have a chick that's much higher than val- in value, you're going to say yes. Mm-hmm. Women know this, and that combined with female insecurities makes girlfriends hate any girls that you're friends with. And I guess you got that from intellectualwhores.com. Ooh. That sounds like a guest we need to have. Intellectualwhores.com. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, I just couldn't imagine having any female friends. Wouldn't really happen. No? Mm-mm. You already have one chick to kind of talk to. Why do you need another? That's true. I guess that's true, but you know what's always it's it's kind of good to have female friends because mm-hmm. then you remember that other women are annoying too. Well, and also, I mean, it's always nice to have other girls find you interesting, just so you know you still have it. Yeah, that's a good point as well. Yeah, it's always good to know that you're still wanted because after a while, the chick they don't want you anymore. That's so true. They give you that feeling. Uh, doves. Now, you remember the other day, and let me see if I can find it real fast. We were talking about Deborah LaFave and the To Catch a Predator. And how with To Catch a Predator, um, it was it was no big deal. Like, it was a big deal because these guys were child molesting mm-hmm. and they were there to have sex with underage kids. Yet, Deborah LaFave was treated like a hero. Yeah, it was a very fluff interview with her and Matt Lauer. It was just completely not the same thing as what's going on in To Catch Predator. So I told you, or asked you to put together a little a little uh, audio edit, mm-hmm. for those of you that enjoy Fark.com. And this audio edit would be Chris Hansen interviewing Deborah LaFave and how different it would be. Why don't you have a seat there and uh, get comfortable for that? Go ahead, sit on, please. What was your plan here today? Oh, what do you mean by that? Yeah, I gave it to him. To know it violates Georgia law? I don't think I did. You admit right here that you could be in trouble if anybody found out. I just think it's stupid. I can't even think of any other word to describe it. I think it's ridiculous. What is going on in your mind? A sex offense. What do you think should happen to you? I think I should be in jail. Well, there's something else you need to know. I'm Chris Hansen with Dateline NBC, and we're doing a story on adults who try to meet teens online. Um, but I'm not a sex offender, even though I'm labeled as that. I made a really, really, really bad choice. What would have happened if I had not been here? Um, all Alright, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I, uh, so I saw today that a judge in a case similar to this, said, and actually I have her story in a second, that if this was a 29-year-old male instead of a female, and a 17-year-old female instead of a male, I would have been inclined to order some incarceration. But instead, because it was a chick, 29-year-old chick, and a 17-year-old dude, no jail time. Jesus. I mean, I, I agree. I think 17, you're, as a male, you're old enough to decide this is the chick I want to be with. So what happens is I'm looking at this story, and then I see 
no less than 30, 32 different similar stories of teachers. Mm -hmm. Teachers having sex with their students, female teachers. And I'm reading over these things, and lo and behold, if I don't get a little stirring, it, they're kind of sexy stories. So you, uh, you get a little aroused over, <laughs> over the, uh, the kid touching stories going on with this, uh, with, the, with women on, uh, young men. Thank you. Cause you remember back when you were in high school and you had that one teacher you wanted oh, yeah. to ask, and we thought, oh, what happened with LaFave and Mary, uh, Mary Kay Letourneau? So it didn't happen that often. It and, happened in my school. And then I read this. Okay, Pacey. And I see like these 30 to 35 stories, and I'm thinking to myself, we need to do something about it. We are going to do the Sexual Predator Sweet 16. And in the Sexual Predator Sweet 16, what it is... Is I'm going to read off the stories to you. All right. And I, it's going to be like a little tournament. And you're going to decide which story moves on. Okay. And a single elimination uh, bracket. Yes. And which one of these 16 stories is the hottest? If any of you guys want to hop in as you hear the story, definitely feel free. Mm, it's a sexual predator, sweet 16. 407-916-1041, and star 1041 on your singular wireless phone. Now, I know it sounds odd. Mm-hmm. But there is this double standard. And I'm reading these stories and I'm thinking to myself, if I was the 14-year-old kid when I was 14 and I had my teacher come on to me, I don't think I could have turned it down. No, you'd be in heaven. You'd think you, uh, your, your friends would never uh, let you live it down if you let it slide by you. All right, let me, let me uh, get this first little round out of the way. All right. And we'll come back with it. Um, all right, this first one is Adrienne Hockett. Okay. Accused of having sex with a 16-year-old special needs student in the Houston apartment that she rented for the get-togethers. <laughs> the boy testified that the pair would have sex, drink beer, and smoke weed. Oh, made the kid dumber. Special needs kid. And then she feeds it weed and beer. She's going up against a local girl here in Florida, Amy Gale Lilly. Um, softball coach... Had a lesbian relationship with a 15-year-old girl. Received no prison time, being sentenced to two years of house arrest. House arrest and eight more years of probation. Who moves on? In the uh, in this. Mm, All right. It's a sexual predator, sweet 16. It's between Adrian Hockett, who uh, had sex with a special needs boy and gave him uh, beer and weed, or Amy Gale. Lily from Florida, who uh, had sex with a 15-year-old girl and uh, on the softball team, and got no time. No time at all. House arrest. Who are you going with? Hockett. The, uh, the special guy. needs. Yeah. I say. Um, oh, Tommy, I'll let you go next. Usually, I don't like lesbian stories, but something about the softball team and the chick being from Florida. I'm going with that one. Dubs. Lily. I have the uh, tie-breaking vote. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to go with the lesbian chick. Ah, I'm Over going with... the girl who bangs a special needs kid? Yeah, that's probably why. That one seems like it's really taking advantage. Plus, I doubt she'd be slightly even remotely attractive. She would rent an apartment in Houston <laughs> where they would go drink, smoke weed, and then do it. Oh, my. God bless her. All right, we'll come back uh, with more of that. 
Uh, Amy Galilli? I'm moving to the head of the class. You are moving on to the next round. Damn you. Mmm, it's a sexual predator, Sweet 16. We'll come back with more of these. It's the Hideout, Real Radio 104.1. Intern education in the Hideout doesn't stop at the studio doors. Take, for example, personal relationships. I am afraid to tell my girlfriend that I want to go to Mako. Forcing the intern to be honest with himself is the first step in the education process. So she would feel inadequate or something? Yeah, inadequate. Possibly oh. feel like I want to go look at other girls. You do. Yeah, I know. If there is an issue, El Jefe and J-Dubs find the proper environment for discussion. I think you should confront her on the air and say, I want to go to Mako's. No. If the intern has problems expressing himself or begins to waver... So you, why does he want to go look at the Mako's girls? The show steps in to clarify in a way sensitive to all persons involved. He said that he wants to go out there and have, an, have a kick-ass time, look at other chicks, get body shots, the whole thing. Hide out internships. I will come down there and kill you both. An internship... You know how in trouble I am now? In life. Obo, special ed teacher. Oh no! Allegedly had sex twice with a 14-year-old boy in his own bed while his parents were not home. Wow! Then she is going up against Diane D. Martini Scully. She was a psychologist at a middle school in Long Island where she was accused of having sex with a 16-year-old boyfriend of her own 13-year-old daughter. Apparently, they did, quote-unquote, everything in her home and car. All right, so it's Deanne, who was a special ed teacher, having sex with a 14-year-old boy. 16, who was the, she was the, uh, or he was the boyfriend of her daughter. Oh, I'm sorry, Deanna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. got him confused. Yeah, yeah Deanna was a special ed teacher there having sex with a 14-year-old boy in, uh... In the parents' bed. Mm -hmm. And uh, Deanne was uh, the psychologist having sex with the... And what kind of psychologist, psychologist is that? Has a sex with a 16-year-old boyfriend of her 13-year-old daughter. All right, which one moves on here in the um, sexual predator, Sweet 16? I think Deanne Martini Scully is disgusting. For doing it with the uh, with the boyfriend, I think that takes it uh, another level. I'm going with the Ann Bobo, uh, the special ed teacher. I'm going with uh, Demartini Scully, the other one. Tom, you're the deciding vote. I'm going with the Bobo one because if the other one wasn't a psychologist, I would have gone with that one. But uh, since she was, then she's just really freaky and screwed up beyond belief. I'm moving to the head of the class. Mm, it's a sexual predator, sweet sixteen. Let's go to Phil on the 386. Phil, you want to go? You want to decide on one of these? Yeah, let's try one, man. Uh, all right, here we go, Phil. We'll give you the first one, and then Dubs and I will go from there, all right? All right. Elizabeth Milosevic from Michigan, a teacher who pleaded to no contest um, for assaulting a 14-year-old female student she, quote-unquote, married in a pagan ritual in 2004, accused of molesting the girl while camping in public parks. That's the first choice. Or Ellen Garfield, 43, a music teacher um, who took her person to an empty classroom where she worked, partially disrobed, and coaxed him into having sex with her. She was acquitted of all charges. Which one, Milosevic or Garfield? i got to go with the last one. Garfield and the teaching thing? Dubs? Yeah, you... I'm going with Milosevic. The pagan ritual and everything, there's something very sexy about that to me. Here's the thing. I am going to agree 
with uh, our buddy on the phone. And I'm going with Garfield. Hey, brother, thanks for the phone call. If you want to participate... Mm, it's a sexual predator, Sweet 16. And the reason is, is because it is that, it's that fantasy of you find a room. Again, if you're a male, you find a room, the hot teacher lures you in there and says, hey, let's do it. There's something about marrying this, this young girl in a, uh, in a pagan ritual. Uh, she is more screwed up than we can ever imagine. There's something very, very hot about that. All right, this one should be an easy call because this one is pretty disturbing. Okay. It's a hideout row radio 104.1. And don't tell us we're disgusting because you watched Deborah LaFave and you all liked it. So I don't even want to hear it. Georgie Ann Harwell, 24. Mm-hmm. Elementary school teacher. Charged for, let's just say, treats with a nine-year-old. Oh, Allowed students to gaze down her blouse and slashed her own wrists with glass in front of the students. She pleaded not guilty. I know. How do you plead not guilty to that? Not quite sure. All right, what's the next one? Um, Jamie Wallace, 28, Florida woman. Hmm. 18-month relationship, lesbian relationship with a student. Police say the student um, was 15 when she met Wallace and voluntarily um, had relations with the coach more than 50 times in a parking lot at Bush Gardens and often at the <laughs> teacher's apartment with a fellow classmate in an adjacent room. 407-916-1041-888-978-1041 and star 1041 on your singular not wireless done yet. phone. Not done yet. with the story for Wallace. Oh, According God. to the police report, the sexual relationship began in early 2003 after the student received a note from Wallace saying she found her attractive and wanted to know if she felt the same way. I know my vote. I'm going with Georgianne. You're going with the elementary school and the slashing There's the class? something about slashing the wrists. That's why I put it in here. I'm going with uh, Wallace. I don't uh-huh. know. I don't know how you don't go with Wallace on that one. I thought that was an easy call. I thought the first one was good, but then when you said the uh, girl did it with the other girl with the uh, classmate in, in another room close in a by parking lot at Bush Gardens. The, the the classroom one is what put it over the top for me. So I'm going with the second one. Jamie Wallace. Yeah. All right, people around me, I am. I think I went to the wrong school. <laughs> and Elros, can you stop this game now, please? I honestly feel like I can't take a little Timmy to school tomorrow. <laughs> no, you can't. No, it's it's dangerous. Can't keep him home either. All right, behave. <laughs> All right. All right, let's finish out round one. Guys. All right. It's a hideout road radio 104.1. Mm, it's a sexual predator, sweet 16. This is John Marie Slatty, Sladkey. Sentenced to six months in county jail after having sex with a 16-year-old student. Um, pleaded no contest to four counts of unlawful sexual intercourse, um, mouth treats, and use of a foreign object. What? What's this, a, uh, a 1980s wrestling ma- uh, match? <laughs> Someone loading their uh, forearm? The Spanish teacher and the relationship with the boy spent six months... Once at uh, his home, three times at her residence, which was on the property of the private Baptist church and school where she taught. Then there's Kathy White from uh, Texas. 
17-year-old student, the victim, alleges she just started grabbing me and hormones were on and it just happened. Um, apparently, the, the teacher sent an email for him that said, I get these cravings for you, and that's not normal. If I had it my way, I'd do you just once a week because it's good. Wow. This is a tough one. But again, you see that these females get little to no jail time. When if it was a guy, oh my God. Let's go to uh, Boggs Wayne Gacy. He wants to be a deciding factor in this one. All right, we'll let him go first. All right. Boggs Wayne Gacy, who are you going with? The California woman in the uh, Baptist church and the objects or the Texas woman with the emails? That's tough because I like desecration of, of Christian places, but... Eh, I'm going to go with the second choice. All right, the emails? All oh, right. emails, yeah. All right, thank you, Bugs Wayne Gacy. Dubs, what are you rolling with? I had to go with him on this one. The uh, the Definitely. email put me over the top on it. I get these cravings for you, and that's not normal. If I had it my way, I'd do you once a week just because it's good. I just like it because she starts grabbing him. Right. It's like, do it. I mean, she she didn't care. She knew it wasn't wasn't normal. It was something yeah. wrong, and she didn't care. She just starts grabbing, and plus the fact that she used the words "craving," just like yeah. puts it over top. She couldn't resist this kid. It's so odd and hot. All right, Kathy White, thirty-nine. I'm moving to the head of the class. And finally, Margaret D. Barracuda, California woman, arrested after uh, police. Um. Busted her having sex with a 16-year-old male student in a car while her toddler was strapped in the back seat. Oof. She got a year in jail and five years formal probation. That's it. That's it. Double standard. Let's move on to Sandra Beth Giesel, a teacher at Christian Brothers Academy All Boys School in New York. Uh, allegedly had sex three times with a 16 year old male student in 2005, including once on grounds in the football's stadium press box. Three counts of third degree rape, pled guilty, single count of rape, sentenced to six months in jail. And ranked as a level one sex offender, the lowest risk. Dubs, you're first. I'm going with Barracuda. With the. The kid in the back seat? Yeah. There's something about me with these people not caring that's kind of hot about it. Uh, Tommy Bateman, what are you going with? I'm going with the second chick, the one that did it at school and in the football press box. I you agree. know how often I wanted to do that? I completely agree. Giesel moves on to the second round. Mm, it's a sexual predator, sweet 16. All right, if you want to participate in the second round, 407-916-1041, We're going to find which one's the most deviant and also kind of the sexiest. Let's go to Gary in 321. He has a comment. What's up, Gary? I just want to say I cannot wait to take my five-year-old to school tomorrow because I'm picking me up a freak. Hey, I, I'm <laughs> telling you, dude, teachers, and don't even let them lie to you, teachers, they act a little high and mighty. They're not. No, not at all. They're the biggest partiers in college. That education building was always the craziest. To hide out, Row Radio 104.1. Rounding out hour two. To hide out, Row Radio 104.1, 80s bumper music night. Want to remind you, hideout happy hour starts this Friday at the Matador on Pine Street from 5 to 8. 
We've got to talk a little bit more about that here in a second. Definitely. First, though, it is... Mm, it's a sexual predator, Sweet 16. If you want to be the deciding factor on it, 407-916-1041, and star 1041 on your singular wireless phone. People are telling me they're getting all worked up over this. <laughs> really? Right now, Dubs are down to the Elite Eight. Now I'll remind you about these stories really quickly so we can move on and get our champion. Yes. Um, all right, Sexual Predator Sweet 16 actually found this uh, when doing a little research. And a judge admitted that actually one of the people that moved on, Cameo Patch, if it had been a 29-year-old male and a 17-year-old female, they would have been inclined to order some sort of incarceration. But because of the double standard in our society, they didn't. All right, Dubs, here we go. Round two. It's uh, Miss Hockett, who had sex with a special uh, needs student in a no, Houston apartment. I thought, I thought it was Amy Gail Lilly. Oh, you're went. right. Yes. My apologies. It is Lilly, the Florida woman. Mm-hmm. that had the lesbian relationship with a 15-year-old girl and got no prison time, just house arrest. She is going up against Cameo Patch, the substitute teacher that performed treats on a 17-year-old male. Um, it was allegedly consensual, took place off school grounds after they exchanged phone numbers at a restaurant. Now you gotta think, you see your substitute at a restaurant, you talk to her, you have the cajones to get her number, yeah. and it turns into something later on. I'm going with Patch. I am too. Patch moves on. There's no need for a deciding vote on this one. Mm-mm. Patch. <laughs> Thanks, Tommy. <laughs> Here is Celeste Emmerich in round two of Ohio. Hosted the uh, the uh, party where pornography was shown. Yes. She's going up against Deanna Bobo, who was the special ed teacher, having sex twice with a 14-year-old boy in his own bed while the parents were not home. Let's go to Bonk Swap, Matt, in the 407. You want to be a decider on this one? Oh, yeah. All right, who are you going with? Celeste, the uh, party with the porno and the sex, or the... Um, Bobo. The- or bo- uh, Celeste, that, that's definitely a cool teacher. All right, the Celeste that showed the porno, Dubs. Yeah, I gotta go Celeste too. Without I, a doubt, I was gonna go Please Celeste. Sweep right there. Good call on that one. Okay, no wait. All right, McCain and no wait. Yes, he'll stop all this. Mm-hmm. Do we really want that? Continuing in round two, J Dubs. Mm, it's a sexual predator, sweet sixteen. Ellen Garfield, um, music teacher took her victim into the classroom where she worked, partially disrobed, coaxed him into having sex with her, acquitted of all charges in 2005. 43-year-old woman. Mm-hmm. Going up against a 28-year-old Jamie Wallace of Florida that had a lesbian relationship um, at Bush Gardens <laughs> and in an apartment with a classmate in, in the adjacent room. The teacher actually sent a note to the victim saying that she found her attractive and wanted to know if she felt the same way. Circle yes. <laughs> Who are you going with this in this one? Mm, I'm going with Garfield. This is a tough round. I'm going with Jamie Wallace, without a doubt. Is Jamie anybody, Wallace. anybody want to be a deciding voter? Are we rolling with Tommy. Tommy. I can't picture a music teacher being hot at all, so I'm going to go with the uh, lesbian one again. Jamie Wallace. Oh, like a volleyball or basketball coach is uh, sexy? Can be. Can be. More so than... I've, I've just never seen an attractive music teacher. All right. Ever. Let's move on to Kathy White. She's going up against Giesel. White was the one... Big Daddy Cole? 
<laughs> that grabbed the student. Hormones were on. Just happened. Sent the email. I get these cravings for you, and it's just not normal. She was 39, going up against 42-year-old Giesel. Sex three times with the student, including once on the school grounds in the stadium press box. Only labeled level one sex offender, the lowest risk. It seems like the second half of the bracket's a little bit uh, yeah stronger. My two favorites going head to head. I'm going with Kathy White. Kathy White, the cravings. Mm-hmm. I'm with Giesel, uh, just because of the stadium press box. I gotta stick with White. The cravings and the yeah. groping just. That's there's something just, about that. Yeah. It's, there's nothing hotter than when a chick just, like, gropes you, and you're like, whoa, what? Miss White. I'm moving to the head of the class. Mmm. Mmm. It's a sexual predator, <laughs> sweet 16. 407-916-1041, 888-978-1041, star 1041, down <laughs> on your singular wireless phone, down to the final four. I just hope she looks as good as Betty White. Mmm. We'll take a break, come back with the final four next. It's a hideout, low radio, 104.1. You're gonna die. Why don't you have a seat there and uh, get comfortable for that? Go ahead, sit down, please. What was your plan here today? Oh, what do you mean by that? Yeah, I gave it to him. Do you know it violates Georgia law? I don't think I did. You admit right here that you could be in trouble if anybody found out. I just think it's stupid. I can't even think of any other word to describe it. I think it's ridiculous. What is going on in your mind? A sex offense. What do you think should happen to you? I think I should be in jail. Well, there's something else you need to know. I'm Chris Hansen with Dateline NBC, and we're doing a story on adults who try to meet teens online. Um, but I'm not a sex offender, even though I'm labeled as that. I made a really, really, really bad choice. What would have happened if I had not been here? Um, all Sheriff's office, get your hands up, get on the ground! Mm, it's a sexual predator, sweet 16. It's a hideout, Low Radio 104.1. That's what should have happened to Deborah LaFave. Yeah. With, um. Matt Lauer. If Chris Hansen had gotten a hold of it, it would have been a whole different story. Mm hmm. Mmm, it's a sexual predator, sweet 16. Down right. to the final four. Down to the final four. Just because I found all these stories about a judge saying that if it had been a 29-year-old male instead of a 17-year-old female, probably would have given some prison time. And these female, it's just the double standard that we have. And if everybody thinks it's hot, why not see which one of these offensives is the hottest? Not going to lie to you. So here's what it is. Um, Final four. The first matchup. In the East bracket, Dubs, 29-year-old Cameo Patch, substitute teacher, oral, 17-year-old male student, off-school grounds, exchange phone numbers at a restaurant. Going up against Celeste Emmerich of Ohio, um, she's the one who threw the party where students were shown pornography. I'm going with Cameo. I gotta say, this is the weaker part of the bracket. Mm-hmm. I'll save mine. Tommy Bateman, who are you going with? Word up, cameo. I was gonna have to go with cameo too. By the way, this cameo one is the one that all this hubbub is about. Yeah. That this uh, 
you know, this judge came out and said, hey, if it had been a guy, it would have been different. But there's a double standard in our society, so she's getting off easy. All right, here is the stronger of the brackets, the West. This is um, out here out of Florida, actually. We'll call it the Southeast bracket. Don't tell me it's too... All right, it's Texas versus Florida right now. All right. Jamie Wallace, the Tampa coach, 18-month relationship, lesbian relationship, voluntary sex up to 50 times at Bush Gardens. Sent a note saying, I found her attractive. Wanted her to know if she felt the same way. Going up against 39-year-old Kathy White. Uh, Kathy White was the one who grabbed the student, said the hormones were just going on, and then sent the email afterwards saying, I have these cravings for you, and it's just not normal. Dubs, you're first. I'm sticking with my war horse, uh, Kathy White. Over the lesbian relationship in Tampa? There's something about that. That email, and I'll keep on going back to that one. I I get these cravings for you, and that's not normal. If I had my way, I would I would do you once a week just because it's good. And she was groping him. Better than lesbian sex at parking lots and bush gardens? Yes. I got to go with Wallace. I'm going with the teacher. I'm, I mean, I'm going with the basketball coach. The local story. Tommy Bateman, you're the deciding vote. I cannot get over the craving and the groping either. Nothing harder than a chick groping you. So I have to go with White. Kathy White moves on to the finals. She moved on to my house. <laughs> I'm moving to the head of the class. Yes, you are, Kathy White. All right. Here it is, Dubs. We're in the finals. Mm, it's the sexual predator, Sweet 16. Who was the most deviant person representing Bracket A? Cameo Patch. The, all this kind of hubbub started with her. Took place off school grounds. She was a substitute. Mostly mouth treats. Exchanged phone numbers at a restaurant. It's versus Texas Kathy. Yeah, she is hot too if you see the photo. Versus Texas Kathy White, 39. Sending the emails. The victim, Michael Ferguson, alleges she just started grabbing me and hormones were on and it just happened. Then the email allegedly sent by White, in which the teacher told him, I get these cravings for you. And that's not normal. I'm reading it, though. I'm just blocking you out and just picturing the story. We have a special guest voter. Who's that? Wild Bill. Oh, no. All right, Wild Bill, you can be the first one on this one, Wild Bill. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey there. (laughs) All right. Who are you voting for? Uh, I'm going to vote for the... uh... I'm going to vote for the blonde. <laughs> we never said hair color. <laughs> What's that? All right, put him on hold. Is he in the middle? Radio roadblock. <laughs> let me let him get to his thing in a second. You can call back, Wild Bill. All right. Dubs, who are you going with? I got to stick with her. Kathy White. Shocker, you're going with White. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to go with White, too. So we don't need a deciding factor on this one. Tommy Bateman, would you like to just because? I'm going to go white. Clean sweep in the finals. Kathy White, 39-year-old from Texas, sending the emails. Miss White, any comments? I am the head of the class. Wonderful. Mm, It's a sexual predator, sweet 16. (laughs) Uh, This one chalkboard I like to clean. 
All of the IMs and emails are where were these women when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. And maybe they were right there. You just aren't good looking enough. And maybe that's why the double standard is in effect. Without a doubt. I mean, because most of the guy judges would think back and say, you know what? I would have done it too. And I would, I think I still would have been fine. Pinchy in the 440. What's up, Pinchy? Hey, boy, what's going on? What you got? I want to tell my, uh, my story about banging my English teacher. What? I was 14. All right, tell me the story. What happened? Okay, just, just bear with me. I'm a, I'm a little nervous. No problem. So uh, it's been it's a like while since I thought about that. It's like we're back in class. This, yeah, go Pardon ahead. Pardon me? No, go ahead. It's like we're back in class. Just exactly. rub your inner thigh while you're talking about it. All right. <laughs> All right, anyway, um, she's my English teacher. Uh, she's like 28, pretty hot, uh, hot young teacher. Um, Hold on, celebrity 14. she most resembled? Um, she's kind of uh, a little Latin, maybe, mm. big rack. Very nice. Damn, uh, maybe uh, maybe Selma Hayek, maybe closer to not, <laughs> oh, not as not as good that. looking. Yeah. But, but I mean, if you had to reference anybody, okay. Yeah, exactly. Maybe an extra fifteen pounds on her, but hey. No, whatever. Um, so I was in the um, a sci-fi club. I know. <laughs> Shocker. But uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, best looking one in the in the sci-fi club, though. So that's why she picked me, I guess. Anyway. Um, so I, was, I used to hang out after school with her and uh, with with some other kids, and we, you know, do some stuff for the uh, the sci-fi club. And uh, I was usually the last one there, and she used to have to drive me home because I was obviously 14. I couldn't, you know, couldn't drive in that. So, uh, so one day we're driving. Uh, she's driving me home, and she sees a dead cat in the road that got hit. So she just starts bawling. She starts crying. So of course I have to comfort her. Oh my god! Which I did. And, um, you know, she's crying on my shoulder. Next thing I know, she kisses me. And I'm just, like, flipping out, totally flipping out. And then the next thing you know, we're at her we're at her uh, apartment. Her husband's, like, a traveling salesman or, or something like that. I don't know what the hell it was. She also told me they had an open marriage. Traveling salesman? What was this, 1960? <laughs> <laughs> Willie like Loman? Just, just a business. He's, he's just a business. I would like to purchase one of these vacuum cleaners. <laughs> anyway, she, uh, you know, this went on for like, I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe three months or something like that. And, um, the, I'll try to, I'll try to be careful when I say this, but, uh, uh, no protection was needed mm. because she told me that when she was 16 year old, 16 years old, she was raped with scissors. Oh, God! <laughs> Holy Christ! <laughs> that is. Honestly, the hottest thing I've ever heard. Right. Raped with scissors. All right, here's the thing. No wonder she's crying at cats on the side of the road. She's so emotionally damaged. Yeah. <laughs> All right. How, um, raped with scissors. How awful. Oh, it's so awful, dude. Yeah. All right, Dubs. Enough of laughing. I want to talk to him. Turn it off. <laughs> One second. That's awful. You're such a... Chuck Jock. Have a little heart. How, um... Go ahead. <laughs> how how was the first, like, the first time, was it? Well, the first time, um, uh, it was, um... Was it she scary? Was having, her, she, she was it... having her visitor the first time we hooked up, oh. and I just, um... Aunt Flo? Yes. Or was it yeah. just, um... She's died! No, you can't, you can't, Dubs. What? 
Oh my goodness! All right, how did the relationship finally end? Don't mean end? to rehash old wounds or anything. Right. No, but she asked me if it was okay if uh, I if I received uh, treats. Okay, I got you now. Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, well, eventually it just it just got really weird. She was like, you know, telling me she loved me and all this stuff, and and you know, I just I was the one that actually ended. I said, you know. I can't do this anymore. And then she was, she just started a bawling saying, I love you, I love you. So I knew this chick was totally freaking nuts, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the best, the best part about this whole thing, I mean, besides me getting A's in English, um, the rest of the year was, uh, after I graduated from high school about five years later, um, I found out from, um, Someone that well at the time obviously she got raped. She says or she told me obviously she couldn't get pregnant. Right. right. <laughs> She's all right, all right already. It gets so. every time. <laughs> but she told you what? <laughs> so evil, dude. I mean seriously, have a heart. So. The, the clincher to the whole story was uh, five years later. I find out uh, that her and her, her and her lovely husband eventually had a child. Oh, do you think it could be yours? I always wondered about that, but it was so far away. It was a mm-hmm. you know, was, unless she saved some that I was. Oh, <laughs> all right, Pinchy, fantastic story. Buddy. Wonderful. Uh, later, boy. I will see you later. You just not, the double standard is just glaring. But he doesn't seem that scarred from it. He's oh, pinchy. I found him. <laughs> yeah, I am before. I think it was a sci-fi club that got him more than the uh, teacher. Can you imagine your teacher's giving you a ride home, and she's you know, the cat and just starts crying, so you try to console her, and all of a sudden she's making out with you? And then she's saying, you know, uh, I'm like this because I was raped with scissors. How do you react to that? How- At 14, what do you do? I'm, Thank goodness. I'm sure you get safety scissors in class. You don't, you don't want to bring up any kind of sharp memory. I'm glad she wasn't the art teacher. Could you imagine how scarring that would be for her? It's a hideout real radio, 104.1. No! No! I hear the drums echoing tonight And she hears only whispers of some quiet conversation She's coming in 12.30 flight The moonlit wings reflect the stars that guide me towards salvation Hour 3, Wednesday night in the hideout, Real Radio 104.1 407-916-1041-888-978-1041 and star-1041 on your singular wireless phone. All right, I'm weird now. Why? You just, you know, you're just a shock jock. How? You have no heart. It wasn't him with those rape with scissors. I, I, all right, already. Seriously, though, you have no compassion for a human being that's an awful... Mental image is an awful thing to have. Honestly, the, the mental image is what makes me giggle. I don't know how. You are a sociopath. How? I'm not. What do you mean, how? You're a puss. No, I'm not a puss. <laughs> I just have somewhat of a heart. You don't even know this woman. I don't She could care. be the worst woman in the world. Doesn't matter. She could have deserved it. Chuck, 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 chuck. 
Just saying. No, you're not. You have to be shocked, Joggy, because it's really ooging me out that you feel that way. I don't know how you could laugh that that happened to a human being. <laughs> I didn't laugh. She did. <laughs> don't. Come on. Why would you do that? What? It's already dis it's already tasteless as it is. I just picture Bruce's bar of beefcake. I'm not his. doing another stunt. Yeah, exactly. Oh, by the way, no, you're not. Oh, wait till I get to that. All right, Pinchy says he's going to bring down his yearbook so we can see a picture. Nice. I would like that. That'd be a lot of fun because I guess he's visiting. Dubs, you watch the Studio 60. You say it's really good? It's very good. I, I'm a big fan of the show as far as it goes on the uh, pilot episode. The pilot episode was absolutely terrific. It's going to turn one or, one of two ways, which is a very, very uh, great way, or it could be kind of cheesy and bad. I'm waiting to see how it goes. Uh, you pulled the clip, and why would you bring the clip in? Well, the, the clip was, uh, you know, it, this kind of drew me in. It was probably the first five minutes of the show. And uh, the, the, the premise of the story is it's a uh, it's kind of the behind the scenes of a sketch comedy SNL type show, and it starts off by uh, the uh, the uh, executive producer he uh, gets really pissed off because they cut a sketch saying that it'd get you know, it'd catch too much heat from religious people, so uh, he cuts a sketch. And they start the show up doing their, you know, uh, you know how Saturday Night Live does the thing where they will have some kind of sketch that'll end with live from New York and Saturday night. They're doing that kind of thing. And, uh, it was a President Bush sketch. And he just loses it and goes up on stage, kicks all the actors off the stage and, uh, goes on and on about how, uh, everything in entertainment has turned to crap. And, uh, right. so. That's where this uh, clip comes from. All right, Studio 60, NBC. I would like both of you to clear the stage. I don't want anyone to think that you were part of this. <laughs> and uh, the, people, the, stage, the people are laughing because they think it's part of the sketch. Oh, they think it's like the bit? Yeah. And it's not? No. Okay. Go, go. Uh, it's not going to be a very good show tonight. And I think you should change the channel. What the Change hell? Channel. When did they put this right, right now. Does anybody know what the hell's going on? No, no, I I know it seems like this is supposed to be funny, but uh, tomorrow tomorrow you're gonna find out that it wasn't and uh, by that time I'll have been fired. No, this this is not I love the thing of he's trying to be serious and, and everybody's still laughing. I, I like it already, to be honest, just for that fact alone. Mm -hmm. This is not a sketch. Uh, this is real. You want to go to BTR? This show used to be cutting-edge political and social satire, but it's gotten lobotomized by a candy-ass broadcast network. Hell bent on... Amen, brother! <laughs> Amen! Speak the truth about entertainment nowadays! Go Swiss Miss guy. ...doing nothing that might challenge their audience. We're about to do a sketch that you've seen already about 500 times. Yeah, yeah no one's going to confuse George Bush with George Plimpton. Now, we get it. We're all being lobotomized by this country's most influential industry. It's just thrown in the towel on any endeavor to do anything that doesn't include the courting of 12-year-old boys. Not even the smart 12-year-olds, the stupid ones, the idiots. Which there are plenty, thanks in no small measure to this network. So why don't you just 
Change the channel. Turn off your TVs. Do it right now. Go ahead. No, no, I, oh, I get it. This is not the Get the camera off of it. Put it on what? Cut the boom mic then. It's his show. I take my instructions from him. between art and commerce. Well, there's always been a struggle between art and commerce. I mean, now I'm telling you, art is getting its ass kicked. And it's making us mean. And it's making us bitchy. Yes! <laughs> Amen! Amen to I, this man! I told you, you'll like this show. It is so true! It's making us cheap pumps. That's not who we are! <laughs> People are having contests to see how much they can be like Donald Trump. Are you bleeping this out? He hasn't said anything you're not allowed to say. He's telling people to change the channel. I don't think you have to worry about anybody changing the channel right now. Get him off or you don't have a job tomorrow. I'm running a live national broadcast and he's threatening me lighter. We're eating worms for money. Who wants to screw my sister? Guys are getting killed in a war that's got theme music and a logo. That remote in your hand is a crack pipe. Oh, yeah, every once in a while we pretend to be a Paul Cass. I'm waiting for him to say something that isn't true. Who else in here knows how to do Come this? Come to my control room. Get him off. You got two kids in school. What? She said you got two kids in private school whose father's five seconds away from never working again. Pornographers. It's not even good pornography. They just decide of snuff films. And friends, that's what's next because that's all that's left. Come on. And the two things that make them scared gutless of the FCC and the recycled religious cult that gets positively horny at the very mention of a boycott. Yes! Holy Christ, this is the greatest it's... monologue that's ever been on television. I wish they didn't have, like, the whole stuff going on in the background the whole time. I'd like to hear the whole thing. Oh, my goodness. Psycho religious cult that gets positively horny at the very mention of a boycott. All right, stand by the VTR. We're going to cut in early. Pussy, feckless, off the charts, green-filled whorehouse. There it is. And you're watching this thoroughly unpatriotic mother VTR now. So that's how the show started off. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I'm in. That, that hooked me right away. I am in. Now, I, why I say this show... Could uh, turn good or bad. There, uh, there's. Does a... that guy get fired? Yeah. Damn it. Well, then I'm out. But I'm just gonna listen to that on my iPod and <laughs> loop it over and over again to but... remind me how awful entertainment is now. But they bring in like a uh, exec who is one of the good guys, you know. And if they go too much in the execs, any of them being good guys, it's gonna suck. You see, this has happened with entertainment. Mm -hmm. And the smart stuff doesn't get over. Nope, not and, at all. And the good stuff doesn't been get over. dumped down for way too long. American Idol's number one. Who Wants to Be a Millionaire was number one. Well, hell, what's that show, uh, um, the uh, one where they pick the briefcases? Deal, deal or no, no deal. It's the dumbest show in the world. There is no point to it. There's nothing, there's no questions. It's such a creative name for a show, though. It's just a guessing game. And it's true. And it's just that over and over and over again. I don't think the show will make it. No? It's going to go by the wayside like an Arrested Development. This kind of stuff has to be on Showtime and HBO. That's why Showtime and HBO are where they are. I, I honestly think... They have the hits that they have. It has a strong cast. I think it's going to make it. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I'm hoping yeah. for it. I haven't seen the rest of the episode, but I'm they definitely hooked, hooked. They hooked me with the beginning, mm -hmm. and we'll see where it goes from and there. That's what I want. I want it to keep like you know. I want it to be uh, a little edgy, a little strong.
And I, I enjoy the behind-the-scenes shows anyway. Right. You know, the kind of... Well, you think about what's on HBO. You've got Entourage, mm-hmm. Curb Your Enthusiasm, The Sopranos, uh, I guess people like Deadwood, you know what I mean? Sex Lucky Louie. Real Time with Bill Maher. Mm-hmm. I heard Lucky Louie just got canceled. Yeah. And then That's on Showtime, you got Weeds, which is a fantastic show, just telling about, you know, what's going on in the suburbs. Or what could be going on. Dexter, which looks like a really good show with Chami, I think you'd love. What's Dexter? It's a serial killer who works for like a CSI unit. So he knows all the tricks of the trade. And it looks like it's a dark comedy. Uh, have you heard of the uh, the new one, White Boys in the Hood, that they're having on uh, Showtime as well? Uh, it's going to be white comics in front of black crowds oh, no. and see who gets over. <laughs> See if they can get over in front of a black crowd. See, this is one of those dumbing down things, which I'll I'll completely agree that we fell for with this survivor and the segregated survivor. But I do enjoy any kind of uh, comedy and uh, stand-up type show, so I think that will be good. The Underground, um, which is going, to, which is on Showtime as well, which is Damon Wayne's, and he's doing another sketch comedy show. Which is kind of like an extreme in living color. Yeah, because they were able to do the stuff that uh, would be on Even look, network. Like, look at a show like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. The fo- that isn't getting over on a um, on a network. Mm-mm. They showed it on Fox a few times. Really? Did they beep it? Yeah. But I couldn't imagine regular people like being down with that. Like the American Idol crowd. No, no, not with that. Without a doubt. It drives me nuts, though, man. There's so much crap out there, and people just they run with it. It's great. Let's go to uh, Gage and Persuasion. What's up, man? What's up, fellas? What yep. you got? Uh, here's my problem. What's the answer to this? I mean, it's, it, honestly, I don't even have cable anymore. It disgusts me that the quote-unquote greatest nation in the world is full of a bunch of idiots who watches the spoon-fed uh, uh, shows like Who Wants to Be a Millionaire Survivor, stuff like that, when they're... Like you're saying, uh, it's always sunny. Uh, Arrested Development, these great shows uh, that actually have uh, you know a little bit of highbrow humor and stuff. I mean, what's the answer? Well, it's the, sickening. The, right? the the problem is, and it was covered in that clip. Special interest. Those people are organized, and they are able to get behind something and uh, threaten. And uh, they they have strength in numbers, even if they don't watch the show. They'll hear about the show, someone will post it on their website, and all of them will write letters about it. See, the thing is, to get cable, because mm-hmm. that's where all the good stuff is. Colbert Report, Daily Show. I mean, to me, the Colbert and Daily Show should be on NBC instead of Late Night with uh, Jay Leno, or whatever it is, the, t- the Tonight Show. Mm-hmm. Conan should probably be on instead of Leno. I do agree with that. It's just milk toast crap. Actually, I've watched Leno a little bit lately. He's gotten better. Than he, what he was a few months ago, maybe even a couple of years ago. All right, Ice Man says, "Why don't we have a new Survivor? Survivor Cannibal Island? We may as well. Yeah, we may I, I get get over huge. We may as well just roll with like the Running Man. Mm-hmm. You know, and that whole angle with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Because the elimination shows they're so cut and dry and simple. You know, there's not a whole lot of." thinking that goes along with it see the problem is a lot of times what goes on is people they have awful lives they have crappy days Mm. we've even found this on this show we tried to do smarter stuff we tried to talk a little politics no one wants to hear it no no one at all dance monkey dance 
you know, they, they be funny. Yeah, they just don't want to hear it because of the crappy lives during the day. So when they get home at night, they just want this mind-numbing entertainment. Which I can understand. Sometimes I like to turn the brain off and uh, play some video games or something. But you know, but why don't more more uh, you know more times than not, I want to watch something that will make me laugh. Well, obviously you want something to make you laugh, but if people, more people watch things like the Colbert Report, uh, Report and Daily Show... That, those are the things that make me laugh, that's what I'm saying. You know, it makes you think and laugh. But for other people, it's depressing. Really? A lot of people were worried that The Office wouldn't take off here in America because it was too depressing. It kind of uh, kept their everyday lives going at night? Exactly. Let's go to Nick in the 863. Hey, what's up, guys? Yo. What got? Uh, I just wanted to touch base on the old dumb TV and, and bring up competitive eating and how ridiculous it is and how it reflects on our society today that that's what we watch we watch that, that's overweight fat asses eat and stuff their face and we watch that's considered a sport now it's not even just a uh, reality tv show it is a sport to be able to eat a lot that poker mm-hmm. darts the world series of darts now bar games are considered sports, and people are quitting their jobs and trying to make money off of it. I can't wait till we have the World Series of Quarter Bounce. 407 star one They're in Dallas right now selling this real TV mm-hmm. at the National Association of Broadcasters. We should just do it here. We'll, we got the audio of a Quarter Bounce, and we'll do it right there. Put it up on a YouTube. See if it takes Why off. Why do you think YouTube is taking off the way it is? This is going back to the clip when he's talking about the news, like uh, the news stories with theme music and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I was just thinking back to the last hurricane, Ernesto, which is supposed to be this great huge thing, and it was only like a Category One. But if you notice, the weather people will bring up every incidence in which there was a death from a Category One storm to scare you, and it just—it's like, what are you doing? You know, you're not supposed to be happy. That people could die. Iceman says, breaking news, World Series of Hammer Handing. <laughs> Live on ESPN2. Maybe that one's on the Ocho. Let's go to Buckwheat in the 407. What's up, Buckwheat? Hey, what's happening, man? I think we need to bring back the old shows like uh, Amos and Andy. Oh, stuff right. like that. Yeah, something that was back in the good old days of yeah. America. Yeah, it, it, it's gone through waves. I mean, there's... It comes and it goes, you know, like uh, like uh, the reality shows, I believe, have another two good years in them, and then they're dead. Just like game shows were big for a while, and then they died. Sitcoms were big for a while, then they died. The uh, the dramas, they all go through their run. People get tired of them. I just honestly don't know what you do, though. Bo in the 863. What's up, Bo? Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh... I just want to talk to you guys about um, my friend of mine who won the World Series of Beer Pong. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. There's not a World Series of Beer Pong. You're a liar. Yes, yes. In Vegas, he won $10,000 oh. at the World Series of Beer Pong. Holy Christ. All right, thank you. Uh, we've heard it all. What is it they got, the uh, paper, rock, scissors? Yes, they have. Uh, we played, actually, the uh, the finals of that. There, And that was a $10,000 pot or even bigger. we got to do it. World Series of Thumb Wrestling. <laughs> One, two, three, four. Who wants to have a thumb war? Andre the Giant, you slap your other hand on top of it. That's how I always won. My, oh, my. All right, I need to take this phone call real quick before we go to break. Who is it? Some Scottish dude that was on hold for two hours, hung up, and now called back. What? Yeah. What's up, bro? You're on the air. Hey, you doing? 
What's up? How are you doing? This is a Scottish guy. What do you want? Is this a soundboard? Hey. Right. Don't call back. No one. I'm tired want. of looking at your name. Hey, you don't think that was a guy from D.C., do you? No. No. And one it, that you licked his leg? <laughs> no, actually, no. I got beaten with it. Yeah, after uh, we hit you with it? It's the Hideout Row Radio 104.1. You like football, prizes, beer? Of course you do. Well, we threw all that together for the Miller Lite Hideout, hideout football, football Final Score Square Challenge. Listen to the Hideout throughout football season to see how you can get qualified to get 10 Super Bowl-style squares for our featured NFL Game of the Week. And depending on the outcome of said game, you can win cool prizes and beer courtesy of Miller Lite. As you know, this year marks the fourth time that Miller Lite has won the gold award for the best American light lager at the World Beer. Cup. Of course, you must be 21 to play. For details and more chances to register for our contest, check out RealRadio.fm. Win with the great taste of Miller Lite and the hideout on Real Radio 104.1. Looking for a girl who likes girls who likes guys? Call a special 800 number. But each call costs you $30,000. 407-916-1041. Toll free 888-978-1041. Real Radio. 104.1. Tower three. It's the hideout. We're already at one hundred four point one. 407-916-1041, and Star1041 on your singular wireless phone. All right, people are saying World Series of Dominoes on ESPN. <sighs> and you know what they're doing uh, pretty soon, I believe, on Spike? Hmm. Um, professional video games. Oh, yeah, you knew that already. Yeah, I mean, uh, I just can't believe it. And I enjoy playing video games. I enjoy playing some of these bar games, but that's what they are. They aren't sports, and there's no way I'd watch them on TV. Let's go to Jack in the 863. What's up, Jack? What's up, fellas? Hey, I got a, those, the World Series of Dominoes. That's a bunch of islanders from the Caribbean. But anyways, <laughs> um, it's funny. But anyways, I've got an example of why the office is kind of taking off in America. My wife worked a grueling 8 to, th- eight to 5 for several years until last Friday. But when, she started, well, when I started watching the office, she was like, no, this is stupid. And I said, no, just sit down and watch. And she took her about two and a half episodes, and it's her favorite show. Huge fan of the show because the boss is like her boss, and he's just an idiot, and she just sees the people she works with, and the show just makes fun of them, and it's just hilarious. So it's her life, but it's making fun of what she does during the day. Right. And she's just a huge fan of it just because it's just so stupid, but it resembles the people she works with until last Friday. She quit. Yeah, anyway. well, good for her. I appreciate it. You know, and I want to say this, too. It's the same thing you hear about our show, mm-hmm. The Hideout. Hate it. I hate it at first. I hate you guys. I hate it. It's too different. Dub sounds like he's drowning on his saliva. I am. I don't get that liberal jefe. What is Chunks yelling all about? You give it two and a half episodes. I like to call it the 40-hour rule. Mm-hmm. After 40 hours, it's your favorite show. And you see through all the other crap of uh, other radio. Let's go to Kyle on 386. What's up, Kyle? Hey, guys. How are you guys doing tonight? Love the show. Thank you. Worst show on TV except for the first three seasons was The Real World. 
it is the worst show, I believe, on TV, and that's what, you know, the middle school kids these days watch and love and can't wait till the next season. A lot of us grew out of the real world. Yeah, uh, I know a few people who still watch it, but uh, there is, you know, the, the first uh, few uh you know, seasons of it, they kind of let them do their own thing. Now the producers put their fingers in it way too much and try to uh, create stuff that's not there. I just hate it all. Let's go to uh, Double M in the uh, 386. What's up, Double M? How y'all doing? What you got? I, the moment I saw the Rock, Paper, Scissors Championships, that's only the throw a strap over the shower curtain rod and be done with it. Yeah. You like say, I like a lot of older TV, like Good Times and MASH, because they actually Ugh. said something. Mash is something that everyone tells me I'd like, and I haven't given a fair shake just because. You know, here's the thing that Mash always reminds me of. And it, it was nothing against the show, but it was more of the opening I, credits. When I was a kid, Mash would come on Sundays, kind of mm -hmm. late at night, and I associated that with, oh man, I got to go back to school. There, there was something about I just hated the opening. Yep. Of that show, yep, and I would never give it a chance. Now I've watched it a few times, uh, being grown up and everything, and I've actually liked it. I can't bring myself to do it. But, I just can't. But it was the opening credits for me that brought back. I got to get to school. I'm going to school, and that sucks. And that was like the reminder of, hey, it's time to go to bed. And there's something that still sticks with me, being a kid. And there's something about the way it looks too. It just it just drains me. It makes me tired looking at it. <laughs> it's What's like up? orange and green. It's not old. Yeah, that's why I don't want to watch it. Digital technology, I'm sorry. Why not? Hey, Mr. Mall with 86. What's up? Chapman, Dub. Yo. Hey, how the fact they'll treat you uh, defense-wise on, on your picks? I missed Tuesday's show, man. I was out of town. What happened? What What, what is your question? Uh, Jacksonville's defense on your picks. Uh, uh, for your defense. Actually, I did not start them this weekend. Stupid enough. That was smart. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Oh, by the way, Friday during the open door policy, I did say last Friday that if the Lions lost this past weekend, I would burn my Harrington jersey. Kind of like, uh, uh, some of the other Detroit people are doing, uh, trying to exercise the demons. So I want to uh, welcome anybody up to the open door policy who wants to bring any of their buck stuff because any teams that are doing terrible. Willing to try anything at this point. So, all right. So here's what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. You're going to exercise the demons. Mm -hmm. And on Friday, what, are we going to have a bonfire? What's sure. Well, the, well, not a bonfire, but we'll get, like, one of those uh, those uh, burn barrels, throw all of our, you know, uh, sports stuff in it that we want to uh, throw in there to try to exercise the, uh, the demons. So oh. what are you going to burn? My Harrington jersey. See, I don't have any Maverick stuff to burn. I'd love to burn a Dwayne Wade jersey. No, you can't burn the other team stuff. you got to burn your own team he stuff. He did screw my team. That and our uh, NBA officials jersey. That, that might be more your uh, your speed there. You can't blame him for it. Yeah, he did travel, commit three offensive fouls, and not get fouled. But, uh, you know, you can't blame him. I would take that uh, any day. Bob in three, two, one. What's up, Bob? Hey, what's up? So you guys are in the entertainment business, so you mm. probably know this, but Kinda. for everybody else... Um, all house-based reality shows, like starting with the real world, so on and so forth. First off, I'm, I'm a camera operator, so I work with this kind of stuff. Cool. Um, when they're talking to the camera, there's a producer sitting right on the other side of the camera with a list of 25 questions or more specifically designed to draw conflict out of every one of these people. Like... <laughs> 
so-and-so said this about you when you were in the shower, and we have cameras on them, so what do you think about that? So they basically spend the whole show pitting everybody against everybody else because it makes good television. You know, here's the other thing about that, too, and I understand why they do it because I'm sure because of production time mm-hmm. and just the cost of film or whatever, you uh, you want to get as much you controversy want, in. Well, you want to get as much controversy, but you mm-hmm. want to make it happen as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing, though, is the, with the diverse kind of people that they had, if they just stuck them together, eventually all of this stuff would work itself out. But they don't right. want to. They're there to try to pull teeth and, ma- and manufacture it, and eventually it ends up looking manufactured. Absolutely. Like, working reality TV is the only time I've ever, like, felt dirty just doing my job. Like, it's bad. You and, feel bad for these people because they're being manipulated so badly. Well, it's, it's, it's kind of funny because when we talked to the guys from Treasure Hunters, and one of the kids, and he was on the uh, mullet team, and we were talking to him, and I go, so what are you doing now in life? You know, what, what's next for you? He's like, oh, i got to go to my shift at Chili's uh, later on tonight. And yeah. that's it. So people are sen- they're willing to be manipulated and be shown an ass, I guess just for, what, the 15 seconds of fame? Is that what it is? Apparently so. Because they don't really get anything out of it unless they go all the way to the end. That, and they get to tell their and, other buddies at Chili's that they're on TV. And, uh, you know, even uh, real world, there is no winner at the end. It's just there. They so you... go back home. Exactly. Hey, thank you for the phone call, brother. You know what some of the real world people do, and I don't, I don't understand how this works. They'll actually go to like colleges and yep. give talks, and I'm like, what the hell do uh, they have to talk about? They, they are sex education talks. Oh, great. Usually, well, They're, I screw uh, five guys on the show. Exactly. Uh, and you should only do four they, while you're uh, here. I, I, I don't understand how all these people—they're having these hot tub orgies—and then they go on and talk about safe sex and Ooh, all these other things at colleges. You were safe. You just bludgeoned me halfway to death. <laughs> and that's how we played it safe. Scotty in the 321. Uh, yeah, I'd like to say that the worst show on TV right now would have to be uh, My Super Sweet 16. Yes. Have you oh. watched this at all? Mm. My Sweet Stupid yeah. bitches. Yeah, on MTV. They find the richest girls around, the richest families around. <gasps> They're turning 16, and they have their parents throw them these huge... I hate this show. Running out a whole, like, uh, club party for their sweet 16 party there was this one girl who uh, was pissed and was about to call her whole party off because she couldn't have a uh, helicopter take her into the place because the place is too small for the helicopter to get into oh my god i want to say such bad words right now (laughs) and see here's the thing that you're torn as Mm -hmm. though too is as us as broadcasters radio guys everyone talks about american idol because what 36 million people a week watch it yep but my point of view is, at this 36 million people, that genuinely means that about 200 and, or 260 million Americans did not watch it. Yes. So why would why do we have to talk about it? Why can't we be can't we do something for those other 260 million who don't care about karaoke on television? You would think so. You'd think that'd be the uh, the smart thing to do because that isn't the majority. But you see, every morning show does it, and it's just. It's everywhere, because they think that they need to talk about it because it's so big. But no, you don't, because in the grand scheme of things, it's not as big as you think it is. Chunks, you were going to say something? Uh, I was, but I realized it was stupid. Go ahead. <laughs> let me hear it. Let's see how great it was going to be. I was just going to say, your answer for all those problems are the hideout. Weeknights from Shut 11. Shut up. I was I'm tired of your, no your kidding. self-promotion. Hold on a second. Radio Jihad. Even if it's for this show. Mike in the 386. What's up, Mike? Yeah, what's up, guys? What you got? Hey, 
Uh, it was in Texas weekend. I guess uh, I heard you guys talking about Mash. Trapper John lives in Destin, and uh, whenever I met him uh, this weekend, it was pretty cool. Guy's pretty pretty down to earth. Nice but, uh, guy. Thank you. Wonderful. Appreciate I'm not going to watch. Oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> hey, it's a Scottish guy back again to say oh nothing. God. Uh, let me know, Scottish guy. What's your angle? What's going on here? Do we know you? Scottish guy. All right. Yes. It's a soundboard. It's a soundboard. And yet, our stupid phone screener keeps falling for it. It's not. It's the guy from Scotland. It is. He, he, he talked in complete sentences when I was talking to him before. It's Wild Bill. It's easy. It's Wild Bill. You think it's not so? Wild Bill. It's the guy from Scotland. Is it on the 800 numbers? No, and Wild Bill is on hold during this guy, so... All right, well, maybe not. Then. No, listen. listen I'm listen. not interested. I don't care about you. Go Cut away. Get Next caller. Enough already. It's a Hideout Row Radio 104.1. Wrap it up, Hour 3, Wednesday night in the Hideout Row Radio 104.1. A lot of fun tonight. 407 Let's go to uh, Hungarian Heat in the 765. Sounds fun. What's up, Hello? Bro? Yo. Hey, I was just calling because I had real-world people coming to my school three different times. What were they talking about? What were they saying? What school? <laughs> well, I went to a school in Indiana. Uh-huh. I'm, it's a state school, so I'm not going to say it. All right. But, uh, but all they did was it was just so people could see them and, like, you know, make sure that they're real people and just stare at them. And... You know, they would ask them questions like, what happened behind the scenes and, you know, stuff like that. And at the end of it, then they would talk to us about rape. Oh, God. Yeah, and they get, they get like $10,000 a piece for each speaking engagement. No, they don't get $10,000 per school. There's no way. No yeah. way. They got a lot of money. Yeah, they, they sell so tickets many to people. Maybe like two, three grand, but they're not getting 10 grand a pop. Some yeah, major well, speakers don't even get that. They, they never brought up the whole scissor raping thing. They never brought that All up. All right, though. thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, ass. Um, hey, remember that time we ran into some people from the real world and we were doing this singles in the city uh, up yeah. in Washington, D.C.? Yeah. And I got so drunk and I was yelling at a couple of them, Why are you famous? What do you even do? What's your talent? So drunk just yelling at them. But it, it was just, you know, such a honest drunk. Type thing where you were just you're sick of it. We're all sitting there like remember this, uh we met Stuttering John that night. Mm-hmm. Um, he hung out for what ten minutes yeah, and then bolted. <laughs> Don't blame him. No, that, that was, was a, the weekend before he announced he was leaving Howard for yep. Leno. So it's kind of care. odd. I always hate meeting celebrity quote unquote celebrities too. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I hate meeting people that I like. Yeah, and people were like come up, they introduce, you're like, hey, this is our late night show, and he's like, yeah, I care. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, I don't blame you for not caring. I wouldn't care either. So weird. Let's go to Mike in the 407. What's up, Mike? Hey, what's cracking, guys? What you yep. got? All right, have a dog's pops to the show. I took the two and a half episode treatment. Now I'm hooked on it every time I go to work. Appreciate it, my friend. That's what you got to do, and then you keep spreading the word, my friend. I'm telling you, listen, I cannot be any more honest with you guys, and I don't mind saying it because I hear it a trillion times. I hated you guys at first, and I completely understand. I know, Dubs is abrasive. What? I, I, I still am undecided <laughs> on whether or not I like him. 
But like my my first listen, I was like, this is kind of whack. But then I, you know what happened? <laughs> the commercials like pulled in some more, and that was it. From that 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 second and a half episode, I was on. All right, bro. I appreciate it, my friend. Thank listen, you, man. Um, not meaning to run off yet, but I got a subject on. It seems every year MTV keeps pitching stupider and stupider ideas. The Laguna Beach thing, man. It's it, it's it's a turd sucker, man. I don't even know what that is. Like, what is Laguna Beach? Laguna Beach is basically greatest show ever. <laughs> Shut up. You can't be serious. They 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 uh, go to the high school, and they uh, you know pick like a uh, couple people from different crowds, following around with cameras, and they're all rich and live in Laguna Beach. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Singles in the city. Let me tell people what that was real fast. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was a money making scheme by CBS Radio to get a whole bunch of stations together. I forgot that. Oh yeah, every station and, had to be there. And it was for all of the singles in the city to come to this big convention center and just mingle. And all your favorite radio stars are going to be there. Hefe, Dubs, and Stuttering John from WJFK. <laughs> now he got paid mad money. You and I were just there for the exposure. Now we got a little money out of it, didn't we? Did we get a fee? I think we got our fee out of it. They didn't want to give it to us. That's right, but we said we, we got to take it. Yeah, we have to. We know. want Stuttering John money. So but, anyway... We're there. And it's John Melendez now, by the way. Yeah. And we didn't, no one knew who we were at the time. Actually, we were a Saturday night show then. Mm-hmm. So they sent out the big guns. Yeah. And we're sitting there. No one knows who we are, so we start signing, signing like, promo shots from other radio shows. G. Gordon Liddy. Uh, who else did we have? We had the sports, junkies. sports junkies. And uh, the sports junkies uh, PD was there at the time, like uh, the the other station in the cluster, and we were trying to sign it for her and give it to her. Yeah, here, take that. It was the stupidest thing ever. Yeah, then you went on air and called her fat and white and pasty, and she yeah. should be fired. It just ruined the station. Which happened. And then about a month later, like, hey, I wonder if we could get any tickets from that station. <laughs> we did. So. I ended up getting some tickets. <sighs> what up, Greg Gazoo? Hey, Dubs, I've been seeing this news story all night, and I just have to tell you about it because we haven't talked about it at all. In China, this panda bit this guy, and then the guy bit the panda back. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Radio Jihad. What was that? What, what was that? I, I, I don't know. He's been raising his hand all night. Was that a bit? What is that? No, I just saw this news story and I thought I wanted to tell you We're in the middle of guys. a discussion. Why do you figure now you want to tell us about a panda? But I thought it was funny and I wanted to tell oh, you. I hate you. Here's what it is. He wanted airtime and now he wants to get punished. And I can't punish him because of management. And I'll talk about that in a second, Uh-oh. too. Doc in the 863. What's up, Doc? Yes, um, just to get your, you know, get away from all that bad reality stuff, is uh, I'm taping a two-part miniseries myself. It's going to be great little victimization kind of uh, after-school special. Uh, the name of it is The Colonoscopy of El Jefe. <sighs> it's going to be a two-part miniseries all kind right. of a victimization. Dang, all right, I heard your line already. <laughs> I get The Colonoscopy on Monday? Mm-hmm. I'm watching. Yeah, we have to come pick you up. I'm watching House last night. Yeah. Okay, I'll just walk home from the hospital. <laughs> <Just> waddle. <laughs> and they're showing it, and I'm like, oh my god, that looks like the worst thing ever. I feel like I need to get video though. They did a colonoscopy in House. Mm-hmm. Not on him, but in the episode. Oh. Wish it was on him. That's one of the few good shows. <sighs> I like him because he's ass. He's an ass, and he's funny. Mm-hmm. Right, we got a lot of stuff just to get to in this last hour, and we're already late on a break. 
I need to yell about management for two seconds. All right. What do you, what's up with Dan Stone? <laughs> what do you mean? I got the emails. I, I completely feel you right now. He's Maybe. awesome, and he brought us down here, mm-hmm. and I'll be forever grateful for that. He's a little touchy when it comes to some certain stuff. Yeah, without a doubt. And I don't want to speculate, but I wonder if it's because it, like, that specifically, like, hits a nerve with him. I'm sure. I mean, anytime someone doesn't like something, it usually hits a very touchy nerve in their in their own system, in their own past. So we've decided to make, uh, man, I don't want to talk about it because I'm just going to be pissed for the last hour. But I kind of feel like I have to. All right, we'll talk about it next. It's a hideout. Oh, and I want to get demand on the phone from hideoutheretics.net from the board. Mm-hmm. This is another thing that's pissing me off. Yeah, the four-page email? Yes. <laughs> I started reading it. I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll see what's going on here. All right. And then I scrolled down about 20 inches, if, and it's still going. If you want to hear some real radio, mm-hmm. you'll get it next. It's a hideout real radio 104.1. What's the copay on a prescription for self-esteem? Why are you fat? Real radio 104.1. Here we go. Hour four in the hideout, real radio 104.1. Coming up at the end of this segment... Last on-air qualification for the uh, hideout football final score square challenge. Game of the week. Details on realradio.fm. Also real TV. we got hideoutheretics.net, fullblownaids.com. All right, what's the, is Demand on the phone? Yes, he is. Is he mad? Yes, I guess so. Demand. Demand, you there? Yeah, hey, no, guys, I ain't mad. All right, here's one of the, uh, I'll say he's one of the top heretics. Does fantastic work on hideoutheretics.net. Uh, spreads the word of the hideout you. through YouTube, uh, Fark.com. He's one of the top Farkers. Here's the problem, though. You got mad at us and sent me like a, I'm not lying. All like, of us, yeah. Yeah, four-page email, and I don't know why you're upset. What? Well, I'm sorry if I challenged your vocabulary or your attention span with that. Jesus, uh, you did challenge my attention span. Yeah. I have a very short one. What, what, you know. What's with being snooty, dude? What the hell's going on? I don't even... Well, Friday night. Yeah. After I'd asked you to keep it quiet... Keep what quiet? The cafe press store. Dude, it was a, it was a mention in passing. I... Do you realize that we weren't trying to be malicious? No, I don't. Why not? Why would you think we were trying to be malicious? By mentioning it. I don't know. I thought I, don't I didn't. I didn't know it was a secret. I thought uh, I was doing you a favor by bringing it up. Yeah, because you were doing that. Do doing... you have the email I sent about it? I, I know it's another one of those long ones. And dude, I mean... stop being a smartass. I'm serious, uh, man. Well, well, no, no, I'm not being a smart. No, but you I are. Mean, it was another long one, but the one that I sent to you that said, "Guys, here this is. It's not ready for public announcement, but I'd like you to review it. Let me know if you want changes." I did. I re- and I responded back to you. Everything looks great. Uh, no. I got no email responses. Um, I mean, maybe I'll, I'll, you know, go and look and maybe I'm, you know, maybe I did miss that one. And so uh, I'll say maybe you did. But, but I mean. For people, first... Hold on a second. For two seconds, just to get people caught up because not everybody knows. Right. Cafe Press is where you can go. And it's a fantastic thing. And I love the heretics. Um, okay, I didn't respond. I'm looking at it now. 
But I thought I'd even talk to you about it, though. Nonetheless, Cafe Press is... You can go there, and I guess you've made up some shirts for the heretics, hair chicks, hair babies, um, hair pets. Mm-hmm. You know, for everybody. And I, I thought we had talked about it, and I thought I told you it was awesome. But, I mean, uh, it's like I was speaking with Nameless here today. Nameless who runs HideoutHeretics.net. Yeah, HideoutHeretics.net. Shops like that are highly unlikely. They don't do anything, because he was even pointing out that Opie and Anthony's doesn't do that well, and they've got a national show. Yeah. And so that presents a difficulty. So I was looking at that as a challenge. How could I do this shop different? What could I do to make this one stand out, to make it draw attention, to make it not be one of just the standard, oh, there's another one of the -the run-of-the-mill fan sites. Mm -hmm. And since then, I've been working on, you know, I run a lot of ideas past you guys. And generally, that's mostly what I'm doing. But uh, uh, let me all right, hold on for two seconds, and then I'll let you get back. Okay. Do you know? And this is nothing on you. And you got to know that we appreciate everything all the heretics do because so many heretics have taken up different causes and have done their thing. Okay. Can I have one second? Go let, ahead. Let, let me see if I can just put into you what you're about to say. And I understand you're going to say y'all get loads and loads of emails and the stuff coming through. Sometimes you know stuff gets lost in the mix, and you're having to deal with the whole thing. Besides that. Between the hours to 7 to 11 p.m., y'all are putting on a show, and you have to concentrate on what is on the plate in front of you then. You can't be distracted by other things. That's not what I'm doing. When do my emails show up? 1 o'clock in the afternoon. 5 o'clock in the afternoon. 11 to 30 at night. All right, let me, all right, let me, let me say this real fast. Again, it's demand from the board, hideoutheretics.net. We had a little beef, I guess. Um, this is the biggest misconception about radio, mm-hmm. that somehow we only work four hours a day. Literally, Dubs and I are thinking about what's going to go on tonight, what's going to go on at Monster Ween, what's going to go on at the one of four live broadcasts in October. I want Chunks to come in here real quick, too, because I want to... Uh... Okay, well, now, and no, I I want, but this isn't just for you. This is for everybody. Right. From the time that Dubs and I wake up, the constant thought on our mind is how are we going to do a radio show and, and what we, are we going to do for four hours, five nights a week, and above and beyond. Happy, what do we do when we first wake up? Get online, start looking for stuff, then and call, call each, each other. other. Exactly. And try to figure out, all right, what do we have? What do we have? Uh, and, uh, hey, I, I found this. You can probably do something with this. and trying I'll, to. I'll, I'll tell you this right now, Demand. Dan Stone, our assistant program director, sent us an email today. That was longer than three paragraphs. I didn't read the whole thing, and he's my boss, and it's because I genuinely don't have the time, and I didn't respond to his last email about the argument that we're in, because I hate email. I talk for a living. I would rather talk to people, and that's why I want to get you on the air. I'd rather talk to people so we can hash it out and not have uh, you know yeah, uh, things like a be tag going on. Yeah, so impersonal. I hate writing. I hate I am. If anyone ever talks to me on I am, they see that I type one sentence enter, one sentence enter. I don't have that kind of attention span. So it's nothing personal. I don't understand why you'd get so pissed off and send us a dissertation about how it's time to step away from the show. Because. I have no other way of talking to you. How else am I supposed to communicate with you? When do I see you? 
Right, now you're sounding like a girlfriend. <laughs> no. I, know, I mean, you, you, you're, you're saying email's the only way I have to communicate. I don't have a phone number for you no. other than on the air, and that's what I was saying about. I can't call you between 7 to 11 to talk about things for two weeks down the road. What I, that, what I was meaning about from 7 to 11, y'all are dealing with the show that's going on right then. So I can't be bothering you about something that might take place in two weeks, might but, take place in two and a half weeks. But even but the only thing I can do is email about it. But we, you can send emails. You, we can talk after open doors. Okay, okay, after open door. I was told I would receive some help. Somebody told me, oh, yeah, I'll get you hooked up with Andy Babe. We'll get a deal worked out with him. So on Saturday, I sent a one-line email. Hey, what you said last night, send me the number of the email link. Nothing. Uh, here's Nothing. A, let me tell you what the Nothing. problem is. Let me tell you what the problem is. Everything needs to go through chunks. Mm -hmm. Because in chunks, this is just more work for you. You got to handle this. Because we got we got way too much going. On. We're trying. And, and, and the thing about you know only, being, only being able to get a hold of us through email, chunks is the voice of everything that we have going on. Okay. Chunks, <laughs> this, is the first time this has been said to me. And that's fine. And, and that, Chunk, and Chunks, that's, get on the mic real quick. And, that's uh, Chunks' fault. And tell uh and tell him how hard it is to uh, you give us all this different stuff we have to mention, we have to talk about, you know, every night, how hard it is to get us through all of that stuff. Uh, it, Nearly impossible. Yes. And this, uh, but I'm not asking you to do any of that. No, I know, but, I mean, it, there's just so much stuff that we have on our plate, and uh, rarely do we, we uh, give all of it the proper attention. And rarely does everything, and, and I'll say this too, and it's not just you demand, it's anybody, Okay. I say we give the speech to interns, we give the speech to producers. Uh -huh. And I'm serious. Right. For every ten things that people bring to us, we maybe use one or two of them. That's okay. ju that's business. That's It's just like if you go out on a sales call. You go out, right. you, you do ten cold calls, maybe one of them will come with something. Out of those one, maybe another three will end up actually turning into an actual sale. The same thing equates. I spent about four hours on prep today. Out of that four hours, I got about uh, two or three usable things. Yeah, exactly. Same here. Okay, I well, for you said I'm supposed to deal through chunks. I have my email box. I've got an alphabetical order so that I you know, see everybody's messages together. I have over the two months, one, two, three from uh, Demand. His, his other one. Demand, this isn't personal, dude. This is... This is a matter of time. You have to understand. And look, I'm not trying to be an ass. I really am not trying to be an ass. And I think you do fantastic work. And I appreciate the way you've spread the word of the hideout. But you are one person dealing with the show. Now, I don't know what else you have going on. And I assume it's a lot of stuff. Because I know, you know, work stuff. But I, I would assume you... No. It, well, hold on. Let me say my piece. Okay, but I'm not working. Okay, well, then that's even more. You've got... Your focus right now is the show, and God damn, I tell you what, I love it. It is awesome. But for us and our focus, it can't be all on demand. As, and I don't as, want it to all be on demand. As good See, a, and and that, that's, the thing, that's the direction that y'all are paddling this, and that's not that. Because I'm not talking about it's like in the past two weeks I've been looking for this. So, you know, it's been, I just. I don't understand why you would get so upset that there was a pa passing mention about the cafe press shop. Okay, uh, the passing mention. 
Uh, well, hang on a second. I'll, I'll run right over the top here because the things that I was trying, as I explained, I, I tend to make grander plans than maybe what other people would consider. But that then means that if they don't, if you aim real high and end up missing, you still end up with very good. If you aim for average and end up missing, you end up with crappy. Uh, well, how does that relate to the cafe press shop? Uh, because in order to be successful, it's going to need a big pop, it's going to need signature items to keep people interested, and it's going to need a theme, once again, to give it some legs so that over time people coming back. All of those things I wanted to hopefully create. The What I was saying is you're saying about, you know, but why... You, hold I'm on a second. I, I understand that. All right. The message I sent you said, while it is not yet ready for public announcement, there is now enough at the Cafe Press Shop for you to look at and get an idea of the direction I'm heading in. I still have a couple of shirt designs to load, and then I want some hats and buttons available for it is open to the public. Possibly what is there might... All right, so now, all right, all right, all right. So now at this point, my ADD is kicked in. Absolutely. Now, uh, Tony in the 407 wants to say something. What's up, Tony? Hey, uh, I got a question for the man. What are you talking about, man? Uh, wow. All right. The man, listen. I love everything you're doing for the show, but you can't take it so personally. It, it, right. I, I just, I can't, the, nothing is a slide on you, nothing is a, it's not a, hey, and, we're looking for a way to ruin demands. You and know. I understand that. But and I, I didn't but think do that you? was happening at all. Do but you? In order to get a chance to do the things that I want to do, I, it would take more time away from what I've been doing for the show. And that's what I was warning you about, was that if I wasn't able to accomplish the things I wanted to for the show, I would have to look for other areas to work in. Here's what I think. And that's what I meant by less time with the show. Here's what needs to happen. And I say this, I can't believe I'm having this. Sign up, Radio 104.1. The heretics, and God bless them, they're, I, I honestly believe they're the best fans in radio, mm -hmm. and especially here in Central Florida. They're so good to us, and they do so much for us, and we appreciate it all because we're trying to do so much. But it needs to get focused, and I'm going to blame this on the president, Jimmy Jam. It needs to get focused. You have seen that there have been a couple of heretics, and I don't want to say who they are. They've taken it upon themselves to do one specific thing, and they've done it to the point where it changed another radio show. And God bless them. So maybe just make one thing your thing and then pass something else along to somebody else. Mm -hmm. In all honesty, I also blame this, too, on Real Radio. We've been saying for the longest time we need to sell hideout merchandise. I, we're not making any money off of it. I was told we could sell it for cost because I know people love the logo and they would buy the stuff. And, but they st for some reason, there's been a hold on this for seven months mm -hmm. as far as getting this going. So Demand took it upon himself to create this press shop, which is fine with me. I don't even know if you're making any money off of it. No, no, I'm not. And I said all along that if any money comes in on it, it's going to be put into free swag that's given to y'all to then be turned around and handed out, which further would and, uh, expose the show and the website. And that is perfect. Here's the thing that needs to happen, all right, because we got we got to move on we got to get I, people qualified. I did not want to talk about this on the air. I do, because I would rather not talk to you on uh, email, because it's too long. And it feels like, it, like it's it would be personal. Yeah. yeah. I want to well, tell you, hold I on, mean, you listen. Said, could you come over for a meeting? 
Did you come over? I'll give you his address. No, no, no. Here's the thing. No, because I don't do meetings. I gotta have a meeting with Catherine and Dan tomorrow, and I don't want to. And that's just no lie. I just don't do that. I got, I, God damn it, I got four hours of show mm-hmm. I gotta do. I'm trying to create jokes. I'm trying to create satire. We don't do a radio show where we want to just sit around and talk. We that's honest, we clear. honest, hold on, we honestly look at it like a way of Conan. Our daily show tries to approach things with jokes and elements and the whole thing. We're not just walking in here ripping and reading. That's at least not what we want to do. Sometimes, Sometimes you have to. Yeah. So I don't have that kind of time. Dude, and I'll be honest, I don't have time for my girlfriend. And that's no lie. And she feels slighted. So I'll be honest with you, demand, no, I don't have a time for a meeting with you. Chunks is up here for 15 hours a day. He doesn't have time for a meeting, but he's a better person than I, and he would make the time. Tommy Bateman could care less about all of you, and he's here for four hours a night. And I... Dubs doesn't even go out after the open door. Oh. And I still go out. So I'll be honest, dude. I'm not sitting here trying to be an... I just know I don't have time. And... I still appreciate everything you do, but I just I don't have the time to uh, to deal with it. Okay, well you're the only one that ever emails me. Chunks, you got to get on this, man. You're our producer. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> yeah. The emails uh, sometimes get a little long. But we talked on Friday. And I thought it was fine. I think we all like the more personal thing of talking face to face. Oh, we got a break. All right, man, we got to go. I listen. I don't want a long email. I want to say this. We think you're awesome. You do fantastic work. You expose so many people to the show. Don't take anything personally that we did, because there's no reason to. There was no malicious action. There was no malicious action. There was no nothing. It was a matter of, quite honestly, there isn't enough time in the day. If there was more time, we would. And God damn it, if we aren't the most successful, uh, not successful, that's not true, (laughs) accessible radio personalities probably uh, ever. So it's just, and even with that, what little time we have, we love to give to the people. And it just, even that isn't enough. All right, yeah, man. maybe I just show up at the door with a bucket of chicken in my hands. And that's the other thing, too. People are pissed because people can buy their way in with food. Yeah, we can. Well, then come up come with food. Up. No one's ever told you you can't come up, bro. All right, we got to well, oh, well, what about buying their way in with sniffing your animal vapors and living in your shadow? What is that? Is that a joke, or are you talking about people kissing up to us? Uh, well, not not us, but never mind. I don't hey, I, hey, I'm a lot of radio jihad every now and then. Oh, I thought it was all right. Fair enough. All right, I hope we're all friends, and uh, we got to move on. But thank you. It's a Hideout Row Radio 104.1. Nameless from HideoutHeretics.net, who runs the whole thing, says, Hey, are you available for a 45-minute telecon tomorrow? I'll also need Opie and Fez to participate. <laughs> Ah, Don looking... Geronimo on this too. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, Russ. Jim Phillips and yes. Russ. We'll all just kind of get together. Everybody needs to be in on this one. <laughs> Rosenberg, <laughs> don't be silly. Spencer Coburn. Kyle Al. Here's the other thing too, because you are doing the cast of White Riot. Something for the show. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Such an obscure reference. Just take it upon yourself to. To do it. Hmm? Nameless didn't ask us what we wanted on the board. He just set it up and... Let it go. See what happens. One, uh... Ran up the flagpole. See if the kids salute it. One question. You want to tweak anything? No, it looks pretty good. All right. 
Let's roll with it. Hideoutheretics.net. There it is. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know what to do. All right, I still haven't even talked about this Dan Stone situation. No. Guess we should do that next, huh? We're so behind on commercial breaks. Yeah, so we'll do a break first and come back and talk a little uh, shop going on here at Real Radio. What uh, People love radio. Mm-hmm. They're listening to radio. They love to hear behind-the-scenes stuff, so now you get to hear it. Um, and how the show is now going to change mm-hmm. because I'm sick of dealing with stuff. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that next. It's a Hideout Real Radio 104.1. All right, wrapping it up on a Wednesday night in the Hideout Road Radio 104.1. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm getting so many emails. There's a little stuff going on between the heretics and us. Yeah. Why does everybody get mad at us? I don't know. I honestly believe it's because we allow so much access. Mm-hmm. And everybody is a friend, and so whenever you have friendship, sometimes... People feel slighted because they, you know, they have this extra special relationship, which is fine. All right, I have enough of this. I do blame this on the president, Jimmy Jim. I'm not going to lie to you, and I think we need to hold elections. And I'll nominate L. Ross. So there's my nomination. All right. For new president of the Heretics. Because they genuinely do need to get organized. There's so many people with such great ideas, it's time to get organized. At first, the president thing was kind of a joke, but now it's it's time to do it. There's business to handle. <sighs> Speaking of business, mm-hmm. oh, we have our friends here from Coming Attractions. We'll talk to them in a second. But I've teased this for so long, I feel like we have to talk about it. So speaking of long emails, I get a long email from management. Yes. Titled, Helmet of Pain. Helmet of Pain, for those of you that don't know, is our... At, at the end of the fantasy football weekend, those of us in the hideout fantasy football league, whoever has the fewest amount of points has to do a stunt. And that comes from the... Helmet of Pain. And there are a lot of hardcore stunts this year. Uh, this last weekend, the interns lost, so they were going to have to do the toilet seat junk drop. Mm-hmm. You put your uh, junk on the bowl and you drop the uh, the lid. And slams right on it. Another one was ripping off a pinky uh, toenail. And there was uh, a lot more. So I get this email. Titled, Helmet of Pain. I think we should sit down and talk about this. It's definitely ratcheted up from last year and have real concerns about it as a liability. Basically, that's all I'm going to read from this. It's about how can we uh, can we do the helmet of pain and not get sued mm-hmm. or not get someone seriously injured. Then there's talk about beating on the interns and punishments versus stunts. This is the uh, the conversation we've had ever since we've come here. So, I'm done with it. We're not doing a helmet of pain anymore. That'll make Tommy happy. Hmm. To be honest, it makes me happy. Yeah? There was only two that really scared me in there. <laughs> and that's the thing. It wasn't like... Uh, 
we didn't think through these before we threw them out there. So now, I'm just so sick of it. First it was, you guys beat up on chunks too much. Mm-hmm. And then it was, well, you got to have a mentality of it's, it's the hideout versus the world. And not the hideout versus the hideout. But the show has layers. Life has layers. Why do you think people love Chunks more than anybody else in the show? He's the lovable loser. People love it when he chunks his out and rants out. Why? Because the lovable loser finally has the opportunity to say his piece. And he's funny. And he's likable. Yet somehow if we pick on him, Dubs and I aren't likable. Mm-hmm. Because there are no a-holes in radio. No successful ones, I guess. Most of them are. Look at them all. Mm-hmm. All of them, in one way or another, are quote-unquote unlikable guys. Mean, angry, funny guys. Look at all of the greats, and that's what it is. It's not like Jackass isn't going to be the number one movie this weekend in our target demographic. But I'm done with it. I'm, I'm even bored with stunts, so I've, yeah. I've had enough. The big problem, too, is that it looks like punishments, and we're hurting our crew, and that doesn't make you likable. When we've tried to have the conversation many a time, that if you're going to do a stunt on the show, step up and do the stunt. And don't bitch about it. But the people on the staff, on our staff just don't get that. Mm-mm. So that's another reason why we're not going to do stunts anymore, and we're not going to do punishments anymore. And we're just going to come in here and be real and do the comedy, and that's it. Because the other thing, too, that I've been told is, well, just fake it. No. No, no, no. Not interested in faking it. I'm not interested in going into a production room and making it sound like it's something wacky and crazy, like those hacks across the street. I'm not going to sit here and fake stuff. We'll do satire and be fake that way. But we'll make it... It, but it's clear obvious. that we're, we're being fake. That's why it's satire. But I'm not going to go into a production room and pretend we're blowing up a car. Mm-hmm. To be outrageous. It's crazy. Dubs will talk about rape with scissors. That's how will be a... Chuck jock. Mm-hmm. That's what he'll do. I'll but, laugh about rape with scissors when but, someone calls up by the way, crying about it. Tim in the 352 sent a photo. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Of just, rape with scissors? Yeah, it's disgusting. Hot. So that's that. Last time you'll hear this. Mm-hmm. Helmet of pain. In fact, I'm going to erase it right now. It's gone? Hold it's done? I don't know how to erase in this machine. <laughs> but just for those of you at home, it's gone. Just so you know. Dubs, what are your thoughts? I, I mean, I've gotten kind of uh, tired of the, the stunts. They, you know, after you do them for a while, they become less and less uh, crazy and fun. They get a little old. You're like, yay, someone's burning themselves. Yay, someone's, you know, smashing their junk. It really doesn't give me the thrill it used to. I used to be happy when that happens. Now I kind of just look away and, eh, whatever. You know, part of it's that. Part of it's we're, we're kind of done with it. We did that a lot when we were in D.C. We did mm-hmm. it a lot when we first got here. What a, and now it, the, the conversations with management, it's not worth doing anymore. Mm-mm. I just don't want to do it anymore. I'd rather focus on other things. And we've come up with a lot of... That's the other thing, too. 
And that's why I thought the Studio 60 intro was so fantastic. Because there's so many things you want to do to get attention. Wait, I'm not even going to say it's a lame bit, but we had an idea for the Serpent Survivor. And you put it on real TV, and you have a live stream, and you have mice of different colors, and you name them after people on the show, and people get to know the mice, and we set up a MySpace account for them. And people and, vote them off, and, and they get eaten. And they get eaten live on the on the show by the snake. But no, that's too... Chuck Jock. Even though it's feeding an animal, mm-hmm. it's going to happen in the real world anyway. But because there could be a liability... No can do. Or because another... Chuck Jock. ...decided to castrate a pig, you can't do it. So I guess you fake outrageousness by going into a production room. Mm-hmm. And I'm not interested in that. I'm just not. I'd rather waste my time in another way. Masturbating. Mm-hmm. It's the Hideout Row Radio 104.1. Hideoutheretics.net, about to hit 1,300 members. They're at 1,299. So Hideout Road Radio 104.1, wrapping it up on a Wednesday night. People are telling me, epic show, historic show. I just hate ending on a downer. Yeah. Well, we still have uh, six minutes to turn around. Nah, I'm not interested. <laughs> I'd rather just keep sliding further into the abyss. All right. I'm with you. I don't know about you, but I love the real radio aspect of it. Yeah, they, like When I listen to other shows, I love to hear the drama that goes on. Mm-hmm. Kind of the behind-the-scenes uh, BS. That's why I still don't understand why SBK hasn't talked to me since that whole thing went down with Pedro. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like it's better to keep your mouth shut. When A you, lot of times. When you see something that you're like, this doesn't make sense, uh, let's talk about it on the air. Uh, I'd rather not. Uh, we do. Not? A, we work in radio. We do a radio show. What do you mean you don't want it on air? I just thought we'd keep this off the air. How? We're doing four hours a day. You're telling me you don't want to talk about this on the radio? I just thought it was going to be personal. Why? Why would you think that? You should assume nothing ever that we talk about is personal. Very, very few things. I'd say 1% of stuff that you have going on in your life should be really personal. How many times we out people on this show for stuff? Mm -hmm. Looking at each other's dukes while we're in the restroom? (laughs) Somebody says something in the back room, we're like, oh, man, that's embarrassing. I can't wait till the commercials are over. That's what my main job when I was uh, producing for Ron and Fez, waiting for those interns or the other producers to say something, and I would just be uh, typing over to Ron, hey, uh, this is going on back here. You might want to talk about it. That's where it's fun. Hmm? Whatever. I've had enough. Hey, let's talk to our friends over here, movie stars. Coming attractions. Come- is it done yet, Jason? Jason Bunch, the uh, writer, director, producer, everything of uh, Movie Mike, our buddy. Can you hear me? Yeah, we got you. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, it's pretty much finished. Uh, this is come. Tell everybody what Coming Attractions is. Um, it is a sketch comedy in the tradition of a Kentucky Fried Movie. <laughs> Listen, I mean, I'm so sick of telling people. <laughs> <laughs> you can, can you tell I've said this a few times? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's you know it's been like we've been making it for like three years now, so it's like finally finished. 
And uh, hopefully it'll be out sometime around the holiday season. We're like doing the whole legal stuff, you know, going through contracts and whatever. So where's ours? <laughs> we need to rework. We, now that it's done, I'd like to renegotiate. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> if I would have known it was this much work. Well, I'm already on to the next project. That's kind of why I'm here tonight anyway. So you know, uh, well, I guess we're going to be good. doing some more voice work for the next project. That's right. That's right. I come to the best. So uh, yeah. right. Listen. The best voices out there. Yeah. There I am. <laughs> you need something very slobbery? I got you covered. Boy, oh, boy. What's the next project? It's um, it's actually it's like a 60-minute comedy video I made entirely out of stock footage. Um, it's called uh, Blunt TV, and it'll be out shortly after. That's coming perfect. I like the dope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, uh, once in a while it's all right, but uh, yeah. So it, it's crazy. It's like I don't know if anyone's ever done anything out of like all stock footage. So this might be like a first. Now, is, is there any kind of storyline with all the stock? No, footage? no. It's just like okay. coming attractions. It's all skits, except for this is like I just took like a bunch of public domain cartoons and shows and stuff and spliced them in there and spliced a bunch of other stuff with voiceovers and the, the uh, coming attractions. We saw some of it. it. Looks awesome. Is it getting nationwide release? Like what kind of release are we getting on this? Well, well, that's still in the works. I gotta. I'll hopefully know within maybe the next thirty days. There's been some talk of like a maybe a small theatrical run. So I just gotta find out. You know, we gotta work all that out. Of the people who've seen it, what are they thinking about it? What's the reaction you're getting? Uh, well, you're doing crazy things like Dennis Rodman is a lawyer. Yeah, most of the people have only seen the trailer, and I, I always get like a ton of great feedback on the trailer. Um, coming attractions the movie dot com if you want to see the trailer. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I get a lot of good positive feedback from people. Rodman already said he wants to do our next movie. Said he's down for sure. So like, let's yeah. bring him in on the show. Yeah, yeah whenever could, he's back down. I'll in see town. what I can. Yeah, I'll definitely that's talk a no. to his uh, guy and see. What I he can, can tell do. that's a no. All right, you know why you guys are shooting? Just uh, give us a call. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> no problem. No, I'd rather him in studio. Naked breasts will get him in the studio. Right, oh, we got it. That's okay. not going to be covered. An issue. Chunks. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Exactly. All right, so yeah, we'll do a little voice work. I'm excited about cool. this. Well, thank, I, I thank really want much. the coming attractions thing to take off. Mm-hmm. Now we have that makes two of us. Now we have our own movie, Behind the Bicurious. Um, it is a documentary revolving around one of the characters from the show, J Dub's cousin slash best friend. Mm-hmm. Still not exactly sure what he is. And is there any update on Behind the Bicurious and where we're going to show this thing? Well, we are waiting. For uh, a few things to get done, we're probably won't be till November now. We've been saying uh, August, October. Now it's looking like November. All right, Tommy wanted me to ask you if you ever wanted to direct or direct porn for extra cash. Yeah, do you ever just say I want to make some easy, quick money and then like because you got all the equipment? I actually, I actually did get offered to do something like a couple years ago that was like uh, it was going to be a documentary thing for HBO on S and M stuff, and I actually had to turn it down because of this movie. Uh, I was going to get to go to Japan and Miami and uh, London and all. Uh, now you know I'm kicking myself. Because I was just thinking like you have all the the movie equipment and editing stuff, you could just set up one of those like. What uh, internet like website? Obviously, internet websites. I'm an idiot. But uh, like Bang Brothers and stuff like that. Just find like some niche, and then you could just make a ton of money. Exactly. Exactly. Because there are a lot of horrors here. Hmm. (laughs) I mean, no, like seriously, like Florida's kind of notorious for that. You know, Daytona, Tampa. Every any any porno you watch, if it's shot outside, look for palm trees. Guaranteed, they'll be there. I have an idea for uh, a little niche for porn. We uh, we. Shoot the porn, and then we show it kind of on a projector on a fat guy's back. And that's what you're watching it on on the, on the Internet. I think that kind of uh, would be interesting. And the fat guy's pleasuring himself while he's playing on his back or stomach. 
Dubs is an idea, man. Yes. So, and then you see, then you see if he finishes before you. It's a race. Everybody likes a game with their porn. It's a battle of nutrition at Mm -hmm. that point. (laughs) All right, movie Mike, what are you up to? Uh, Not much. Uh, One night I want to do with movie Mike the. Eight uh, or six degrees of Kevin Bacon. He says he can do it? Uh, he's done it. Yeah. We've been out at bars and we've thrown out the most obscure people and it gets done very fast. Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker was in Fast Times at Ridgemont High with Sean Penn, who is in. Uh, what's that one he just came out with? Nicole Kidman, translator. The. Uh, you know what I'm talking oh, about. Yeah, he's buried at this. Oh, wow. Anyway, man, Nicole Kidman's in a... No, you can't just say on anyway. You can't just skip over it. The whole point is doing the movie, too. The Negotiator. There okay. you go. Jesus. I set you up, and then you just make me look like a fool. Give me another one. We'll see. Thanks, movie. Man. We don't have time. Ah. Don't go writing off a 15-page email about it. <laughs> And who's our the guy from Parker Lewis? I'm not gonna lie, I forgot your name. Even though I see you every time up here, and you're so high when we see you. <laughs> <laughs> always, always. <laughs> what, yeah, you're on. What is? Okay. What was your name again? I'm sorry, dude. Uh, my name's Joe, director of photography. That's right, Joe. Movie. Hi, Joe. Yeah, that's your new name. <laughs> uh, anyway, nonetheless, it's good seeing you. Too. I feel bad that I don't remember names. Again, don't send me a long ass email about it. Uh, I just, you got I just, more from him? Yeah. Not me too. There's a difference, fan versus artist. Is this short enough for you? And I'm like, you can can't, I, you def- can't be both a fan and an artist. Can I defend myself for one second? Sure. People say I'm not the most friendly of people, which is true. It's just how I was raised. But this happens a lot, which is one reason why I don't go. Hey, everybody, let's hang out. Here's my phone number. It's kind of like, until I really know you, I'm not really going to talk to you a whole lot. How are you going to get to know him then? I just know who's cool and who's not. <laughs> he does have a niche for it. L. Ross. I just tried being nice to everybody, and this is what happened. So what? I, I'm not interested in drama. Drama, drama, tension. How much crap are we going to catch tomorrow? I don't want to go to this meeting Romeo, tomorrow. Romeo, where's your feces, Romeo? With, uh, <laughs> with Catherine and Dan. <laughs> I love everybody, blah, blah, blah. Everything's great. There it is. I said it. <laughs> Have a fantastic night. Um. All right. Wake up with the monsters in the morning. Shannonburg middays. Phillips finally afternoon. Hide out back at seven. Be somebody always talk good and uh, McCann in 08. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> uh, question everything and stay classy. Comingattractions.com. RuralRadio.fm. Hideoutheretics.net. Fullblownage.com. We out, bitch. Five thousand. Five thousand. Romeo, Romeo, where's your feces, Romeo? Drama, drama, attention.